Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Dara here, being joined by his co-host, Mr. Dustin Frazier. No, 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 we have to go under my co-word tonight. I am Skippy Pants. Is that so? Well, I don't know if you're going to yeah. get it trending. <laughs> so, wrestling, huh? So much. I didn't even know until uh, this afternoon that there was another pay-per-view. I really didn't with that. But here it is. Another pay-per-view. Someone just snuck up on us. It was weird. Yeah, it feels like they're just more like uh, they've gotten more out of control than the uh, UFC used to with their uh, between the pay-per-views and the UFC on Fox. Oh, the fight nights! Stuff. Oh my god, the fight nights! Yeah, exactly. I don't know exactly. They used to plan for the fight nights. If there was ten fight nights in a row, they planned for that. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, tonight we're gonna give you guys a follow up on what happened with Mickey James. We're gonna talk about the Mandalorian because it's a special wrestler in there, as well as things that have been happening with AEW. Some updates on 2K Battlegrounds. Unfortunate news with COVID 19. New details with the accusers of Matt Riddle. And so on and so forth. Shout out to everybody that's listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Don't forget that the live video is available as well as on-demand versions on twitch.tv slash talkbunch as well as facebook.com slash talkbunch. You can see the replay of any videos or anything you have on the screen, images or whatever. Also, if you just like the podcast, that's fine as well. You know, that's how we started after all, right? So, the Mickey James situation gotten more information on that and apparently uh there was no injury despite early reports and then we went off the air our final update i believe we said that there was an injury right did we lose dustin here i think we did somehow oh yeah sorry about that guys yeah my whole my, my thing fucking muted and i couldn't get to unmute oh, i saw a weird icon there i don't know what the hell that was yeah fucking mike just i think the only thing is i think i hit the button on the front of the yeti and i didn't realize i hit it because it didn't click this time Oh yeah, but yeah, the Mickey James situation. She uh, she's not injured, so yeah. Apparently, for I guess from what I've been hearing, <laughs> it's the best I've ever heard in my life. She sold so well. The ref thought she was shoot hurt. How I didn't think she was shoot hurt. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like at no point did she look shoot. She looked tired. But don't but you that normally. Was about- there's a whole bunch of signals and sign language and stuff that goes into making that call. It's not just the re- this isn't the UFC where you like literally yeah. have like Mario Yamazaki calling it. You know, this is like is weird. You know that that, that like how would I that just be? caught that? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught that. Oh God! We got has, the Mario Yamazaki at WWE refs. Has has he ever come back to UFC after that? No, right? No, oh, after that last really bad time, no, nah, he hasn't been back. That was it. Dana said that was it. That was it. When that Dana was it. said that was it, Dana said, "Nope, that's He's not no. rip." Dana's like, "Somebody got to die with this fucker on my payroll." Like, no. But there's so many different people involved in the production of a WWE match, almost to a flaw, that it's impossible. 
You know what I mean? Like, the, like, are we hearing what they're saying happened? Like, it's impossible that just whoops. I I thought she was injured, so I just that's literally yeah, so far. That's the only thing I've heard, and I'm like, that's so stupid. Thought she had a concussion. That's what it was, right? I'm hoping that's what it was. Like, it's... thought she had a concussion. Fuck, crazy. Even then, it's like she even like as as tired and off as she looked. Sugar Chain, what's up? Even as tired and as off as she looked, like. That's a lot of stuff for it to be like, oh, yeah, maybe she had a concussion. Like, oh, God. Hey, is the bot not spinning in there? What is going on with this bot? We know we have men there, right? Get your shit together, bot. Hey, oh, don't he the oh wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. He didn't put a number. You got to put a number out there, man. The bot yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Number. Yeah. So no, no, he's, he's not just going to spin randomly. Like, you, know, you don't want him to do that. Yeah, well, Mickey James spoke about it to a talk sport. And uh, I'm going to link you guys to the whole thing. But here's like a clip here once we get our Tron up. <laughs> he said this new way. And I guess, you know, it's in those moments, too. It's hard to tell, you know, that that line, like, are you if you are hurt or if you're not hurt? And if he it couldn't have just been or if it can't just be his call, it must have been, you know, whoever thought thought I was hurt. And if they were trying to protect me and make sure it wasn't concussions are a real thing, you know, and we were it's a real dangerous what we do as a sport yes it's very dangerous what we do out there and so you know if someone gets a concussion not only can they not wrestle the rest of that match but they could possibly never wrestle again yeah. you know depending on the brain damage, like how much i mean it's the same with football it's the same with any sport so obviously we have to be very careful with that and i get it and it's unfortunate for me and i that's stinky but i'm fine my nose hurts a little bit from that knee lift i'm gonna be honest <laughs> so um I guess that's what it was. He thought she got knocked out in the middle of the match and called it. Yeah, I guess. Has he ever seen a Mickey James match? Is that what we have to do? We have to give the guys <laughs> complimentary. Right. Got to give the ref complimentary subscriptions to the WWE Network and then have them do homework. Like, look, these are the matches. So we want to watch you guys. Uh, you know, we want to make sure you guys watch a couple of Mickey James matches. Because I think I've heard Oscar fall and they hold each other way harder. That's why I said she's so good. Because she's really, she's a really good everything. She's a really good seller. You know, that match was good. That's the reason why he thought, you see how good that match was? That they fooled the ref that was right in the ring. If that's not a reason to give her a push, I don't know what is. She's so good that the ref that's job is to help work the match got worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? They worked the fucking ref. Mickey James is that good. I've been saying that for a while. But she's old. Yeah, tell that to the ref. He's getting his eyes checked. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it, the match, it was at the expense of the match. If that was an NXT, that wouldn't have happened because they're used to that. Oh, like, no. That's similar to an Oscar and her. Go back and watch that. That was way more brutal. What's up, Sako? That's way more brutal. We saw Oscar shoot, knock out Emma and Dana Brooke. We've yeah, seen exactly. it before. We know what it looks like. Unbelievable. Like, Oscar like, knocked somebody out. There's no coherency at that point. It's all gone. Like, yeah. It, I, I don't know why. I don't get it, man. But uh, that goes to show everything is broken right now. Just uh, officiating is shitty. It's just not working for me. But I just wanted to open with this since we ended with it and we find out she's not injured. The ref is just an idiot. I don't want to say that. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not going to. I don't know. What's your opinion? Do you think that it was good safety first or I don't understand? For me, it's more I have difficulty understanding how a mistake like that could be made when he's not the only one. I always thought that he had someone in his ear that's in the back did that person think she was injured that like don't you usually check though 
you you would think they'd know better than that like but don't you usually check like when you're gonna see if somebody's injured don't you usually like check them there's a way for yeah, you to you, lay down and check they can you, squeeze your hand also like there's a whole bunch of different signals if you've ever watched any match like there's a whole bunch of different ways remember when sasha took that really bad wily coyote bump she went oh to my the, god the yes Topes and oscar was in that match too and her, oscar was there oscar's always there when something <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, remember she went to do that crazy tope suicida and her legs got clipped and she pancaked out and it made this horrifying sound. She hit the freaking LED board on the way down. I forgot that the LED board was there because that was still because that was still new. But I remember the most. But I'm saying as it was happening, I forgot that the LED board was there because it was still like a new thing. Like I wasn't thinking of it in real time. So when she that sound hit from her pancaking across it, I just remember my first thought being, oh, my fucking uh, like this girl died in the middle of Monday Night Raw. Like, (laughs) like literally in the chat room where we thought she died. Like the last thing that I thought about was there being an LED board. The first thing was Tope. Then next thing was, oh, no. And then I heard the sound, and it was like, holy shit, Sasha Banks just died live on Monday Night Raw. Okay. I heard her whole body okay. explode. Oh, no, <laughs> like, I heard her whole body shatter. She's dead. Like, oh, my God. Like, Tope, sue up. Anyway, but she, uh, immediately, the ref slid over. She squeezed his hand, and you even see her lip, I'm okay. Like, there was a quick thing. And that match, if you go back and watch, the match continued fast. Yeah. If there was, was any like, point you would think somebody not only was injured but died, it was right there. And uh, she was. I could, it was even more interesting example than that. Um, this one actually, I had to go over TNA to think about it. But it was, I think, it was Angelina Love and Taylor Wire were in a cage match, and Angelina shoot got knocked out. Like Taylor hit her with a high cross body, but she went really high and pretty much caught nothing but head. You saw a moment for about a good minute and a half with the rest checking on her to make sure she's okay. Who was it that fell off the top turnbuckle on Raw and just her face just planted into the ground? And it was Candice Michelle. And she was insta-care. Remember that? How yeah, scary was that? She broke her collarbone. I didn't even remember what she broke. I just remember in the middle of Raw, she was dead in the ring. It was like her whole face hit the ground and she was just, I, I, You know what I remember? And she woke up and I think she was crying like in the ring. Like the whole thing was crazy, you know? The bad part mess. is I remember that so much because when I used to run that whole don't try this at home clip from wwe and some of the dvds that moment always pops up yeah, i never thought about that yeah. <laughs> i was like oh so we got so we got those kind of injuries but then obviously there's times when you don't know someone's out on their feet but there are ways to check that was just weird go back and look it's just awkward yeah at no point did she really looked hurt she looked like tired for the match maybe but that was about it yeah well whatever that goes to show i bet that there are people that are in the business as well that have spoken about that that would say the same thing like that that was just weird it doesn't make any sense the way that turned out yeah there's a lot more you really you can't make a split decision like that if somebody's hurt or not like there's a lot you can do to where you can make sure if they're okay yeah well there's to another missed opportunity for mickey james just one after the other staying with the tradition of being wwe yeah so the mandalorian season two trailer huh yeah speak of the devil i'm hearing that uh a lot of characters are going to be in there uh ahsoka tano is going to be in there i'm I'm forgetting who she's played by ahsoka tano who the hell is she played by you guys in the chat already know who it is oh yeah at the tip of my tongue something like (sighs) rosario dawson Dawson? is that the person playing it it is right 
She played Ooh, one of what? the night nurses in the DC universe. She's the one that's going to be playing her. Oh, no. So Ahsoka is going to be a live action character in The Mandalorian. At least this is something that we're hearing. I've completely lost you, haven't I? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm still here. I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of who else I saw that was going to be in there because I know the one that every, that a lot that everybody's been hearing about. I'm trying right. to think who else. Right. Well, no, I was just talking about the, the thing before we segue into that. Oh, yes. But yeah, it's going to be uh, Sasha. Sasha Banks is yeah. going to be a character in there as well. I don't know who she's playing. She's not Ahsoka. But that's why I was trying to remember who Ahsoka is because some people confused it. No, Ahsoka. Tano is being played by Rosario Dawson, at least last I checked. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the, one, that's the only other one besides Sasha that I've heard. Yeah, and Sasha um, is in there. And it looks like, I don't know, she might be a Sith or maybe some sort of a spy. Who knows? But That's what I was thinking. Some some sort of, some type of, like, evil role she looks okay. like. So let's run that trailer. Let's have a look here. You'll see her somewhere in here. I think you only get a glance of her. Her and Batista get these little brief blink and you'll miss it cameos. Yeah, you legit have to like not turn away for a second to see it. I'll put her image up afterwards because I know it's going to be a Tell me the one safety deemed such destruction. Season one of this was fantastic. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? Wow. This is the way. This is You know this is no place for a child. Wherever I go, he goes. So I've heard. So let's get Sasha. Because I, didn't, I didn't knowing she was in there. I didn't even see her that time. <laughs> you had to really look. I caught where she was, but yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like if you're not looking for her, you wouldn't know she was there. I hope it's not like when Edge was in Highlander and it was like for two seconds. Oh God, no, I don't, I don't think it was that bad. She was in there for at least five. Oh, she's hooded. You know what? We shouldn't assume she's a Sith or anything because everyone wears hoods nowadays in Star Wars. Yeah, you're right. The hoods just become the thing to wear no matter who you are. She definitely gives off a very mysterious vibe, that's for sure. Like, I, I would just be annoyed if it's just like a few scenes. I don't want to be selfish or anything. But I, I, I mean, I wouldn't want it to be like an unmemorable cameo. Like if you're going to be in here and do something, I'd like it to be something. You know? Yeah, like this is quite the name you have in this in this Mandalorian now, like. You can't just give everybody like a sprinkle of it and then it's just, all right, cool, it's gone. Like when you think about it, a lot of characters in Star Wars have made only a couple of appearances, but just the uh, 
the mystique of the character alone has made, been able to transcend into other things. You know, look at Boba Fett. How much Boba Fett really is there in Star Wars? I mean, there's not That's that so much. True. There's not much Boba. I mean, in Empire, yeah, you remember him because he put Car, you know, Han and Carbonite, and that shit is horrifying. You know, like you didn't even know that that could happen until it did. We talk about it what nowadays. happened after the carbonite. You know, we talk about it nowadays like it's a normal thing. But you know what? At the end of the day, I remember having to process that when it happened. Like, whoa, they did what with him? You know, when you first yeah. thought about it, like, that sucks. So uh, you remember Bob? They put him in what? And, stuff. and uh, what, aside from that, what do you remember him for, for dying in the next movie? Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you, you son of a bitch! But they got all these comic books about Boba Fett, and people dress up as Boba Fett, and you know they have side stories with Boba Fett. It's like the whenever a game character. comes out, everybody's looking to play Boba Fett. Like you know, when you really look at it in the original thing, he he was in there like for capture Han, and then he died, and he didn't even die in a cool way. When you look at the way he dies in Return of the Jedi, he dies like a damn cartoon character, like Han's still blind from the damn carbonite, and he's moving around. Remember, and they inadvertently turn and knock him into that pit. Where that thing digest him, and I said he's just gone. That motherfucker went out. What the motherfucker had acne death? Exactly. That's exactly what it looked like. Right. We're out on the way down. He held up the sign and said, "Help." I don't even remember if it was a Wilhelm scream death, but it should be. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like even if it wasn't a Wilhelm scream death, it was a Wilhelm death. <laughs> it was one of those kind of death. You know, it was just like ah, that's how Boba Fett dies. But he there's a lot of lore behind it. So I digress. When I look at Sasha Banks, I want there to be like a badass scene. Like even if she's not going to be like a recurring character, just some sort of a badass scene or something. Don't be hooded. And like she just comes up to the Mandalorian and passes him a fucking message or something. You know, like there's just some message. Like this is the scene, right? Like she runs out right from this little alley that we're looking at. Right? She runs up to him and gives him a message. And he just goes, shh. Prayers are coming. Shh. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, please just don't be one of those because I've, it's like they didn't emphasize anything in that trailer, but that they almost, it's almost like I feel like that's all they could give us without spoiling her whole scene. Right. Like anything we've heard about, like, oh yeah, Sasha's going to be in Mandalorian season two. We don't know what she's going to be or what her role is. Yeah. We just know she's in. Exactly. And, uh, you know what, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of, um, it's funny how I use this game as an example. When Death Stranding got announced, everybody's like, oh, Norman Reed is in it. Nobody knew what the fuck he was doing in that game. But he was in the whole game. So yeah, he was in the whole lot, game, but you got no, all you knew Norman was he Reedus. was in the game, and it was like... You know, you got a lot of Norman Reedus in there, so that worked out really good. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get as much uh, Sasha Banks in Star Wars as you got Norman Reedus in Death Stranding. Like, Death Stranding yeah. was all Norman Reedus. It was actually like, 99% him. <laughs> there's one no percent baby. There's no one else on the screen but him and that baby that's in the tank. <laughs> oh, oh man. So, yeah, I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm just concerned that that's what they gave us, just that little glance. Don't be surprised if we're on here and I was like, I told you, she just came out and passed him a note. And she was, ne- and then she fell in a pit. And then she fell in a Sarlacc pit or some shit, right? And she will, if she was the first ever female to get a Wilhelm scream. You know what, man? There is no female version of the Wilhelm scream, is there? There, there, isn't, there isn't nobody. Only a guy has ever gotten that. Mm. <laughs> what would a female... Oh, version of the Wilhelm scream be? Ah! Like, what would a female version of that be? It's a good fucking question. I love that that's in so many movies. I'll never forget. I think we were off air one day, and I swear to God, we watched, I think it was a video that said any any situation where the Wilhelm scream has popped up. You'd be amazed how many times they've snuck that thing in there you haven't noticed. In everything. It's in everything. I see it in games. I remember it was in Rainbow Six Vegas. Yeah. A little cutscene in the beginning where they're shooting like in the in the freaking theater. 
he shoots one of the guys over on a platform. The guy's like, ah, he's a stupid fucking. I hear this. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> when they say it's everywhere, people, it is everywhere. They try to put that scream in as many movies as they possibly can. They just can't help. Partially because it's not too hard to work it in there. Nope, it's essentially in every damn thing, you know. And I always felt like I heard it, but didn't really draw attention to it enough to realize it when I was younger. It was like, oh yeah, that is, that does sound like the same thing as last time. I think I have Here. one of the compilations that we looked at. Let me see if I could bring it up on the trial. Oh God, here we go. Yes, <laughs> this is wonderful. You guys have probably seen it already. You don't care, but I want to see it. Oh, I'm gonna watch it again. So. Okay, here we go. Look, the first one was a guy named Wilhelm. That's why they call it that. He takes an arrow, right? (laughs) Everyone gets killed that way in movies. Holy shit. Them, 1954. Wow, that's going back, man. That's how far back that scream goes. Wow, that was used so many times in that one movie. Star Wars. <laughs> Stormtrooper dies that way. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, fucking Stormtrooper fell off the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Return of the Jedi, yeah. Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. The bomb. <laughs> Again in Temple of Doom. They did a two for onesie here. Three? When the guy got eaten by the alligator? No way. How with the duck? <laughs> Fucking the best the when you've seen the movie and you didn't Willow! Oh, God. Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Beauty and the Beast. The Disney cartoon. Wow. Young Indiana Jones. Batman Returns. Reservoir Dogs. Aladdin 1992. <laughs> Just right there when the I, always love, I always love when it's kind of like faint. You can't yeah. quite hear it. Young Indiana Jones again, man. They loved it in the Indiana Jones series, right? Goofy movie. What the fuck? Toy Story. No way. Stop. Return of the Jedi Special Edition. Even added Hercules. Look at that thing lasts forever. Like we could this this could go on and on. This could go infinitely. Small soldiers. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's in. So easy to work. <laughs> Lethal Weapon Four, Phantom Menace, of course. Oh my god! Oh, that is awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> we should add that to wrestling. Just do oh, it. Oh, you, you, you get out of my, get out of my head. <laughs> Every time there's like an OMG bump, just ah. So, so basically what you're telling me is every time we have a clip of Aerostar, all right, cool. Every time someone takes a bad table bump, <laughs> just add that and see if it changes it, you know? Oh, my God. 
Every time somebody takes like a just a crazy bump off of something. Ah! <laughs> it works for it's movies, so, right? No one ever notices it, it, it there it until works. you tell them. Who the hell really it screams works. like that? You know what I'm saying? No like, one, but for some reason it works. The only who screamed like that, and it was the most realistic, I guess, was the dude who took the original arrow. Because that sounds like what you would do if you were like on a horse and an arrow from an Indian shot you through your leg. That sounds like that's the only time you'd scream like that, you know? Not for like grenades or eaten by animals. You know what we gotta do? Every time we play a retribution clip, we gotta sneak that in there somewhere. (laughs) Every time you jump in, you start fucking people up, just run over there. It's retribution! And then have it literally for every every person that they down just <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, Lesnar does have a close voice to that. Yeah, yeah. This one's like a layer below Wilhelm. Yeah, right. That's why, that's why nobody can ever take it seriously when he fires up. He sounds like he squawks like a bird. He's just like a like a roided out bird. <laughs> like he, you know what it is? He's a step below the fucking um Oh my god. I think it's the Paul Howard scream. The, Paul. the fucking politician. I think so too. I know exactly oh, what you're talking god. about. <laughs> <laughs> <My house. laughs> so do you see being the elite this week? I have not. This is one of the rare weeks I missed it. Oh god, I'm scared. Eddie Kingston was on there and he uh Lord. he basically made fun of WWE, big surprise that they do that on the elite, right? That doesn't sound like them. But essentially, oh. what what's happening here is that when you're in WWE and you're in the performance center, some of the things that they ask you to do, for example, are to cut promos on inanimate objects. I think I've heard these stories before. Right. So they want to see if you could cut a promo. So, for example, they'll just be like, hey, you know, cut a promo on that shampoo bottle over there. And you got to pick up the shampoo bottle and you have to cut like a really passionate promo. And like this is an exercise to, you know, get better at it. So uh it's been going around for the past couple of weeks that before Eddie Kingston signed with AEW, WWE was offering him a job there. And he shot it down in order to work for uh WWE. But it, uh, I'm afraid AEW, but WWE was offering him a training position. It wasn't going to be on TV. So anyway... They used, I guess, this information and the fact that WWE does this inanimate objects for this uh, being the elite beginning. I'm going to link you to this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Promo Class Wednesday. Uh, Eddie, you're up, and you're going to cut a promo on this chocolate chip cookie. Do I get a countdown? Three, two, one. It kills me inside, inside that you are so tasty, so delicious, and so sugary, and, and, and just everything I want. But in this great sport of pro wrestling that paid me to be able to buy you, I have to look better in the ring. So I can buy more cookies. You won't be alone. And then when the time is right, it'll be me and you. But only when the time's right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, God. You got really emotional there. I thought you were going to get some tears. I thought you were going to cry. I know. And then you can Just to hear Eddie kicks to hear that line so I could buy more cookies. Oh, that made me laugh. That was great. That was awesome. Holy shit. <laughs> so Raw Talk had uh, R-Truth and Alistair Black together. Oh, Jesus. I know, right? <sighs> On this episode of Who Corpsed? Yeah. 
Because it seems like every time they get through on one of these shows, somebody laughs. Don't. I'll keep your secret. Listen to I'll keep your secret. Do that again. Dog, you a real vampire. Don't. I'll keep your secret. Seriously, I will keep your secret. I seen you come up. I seen the casket. The you dark. You say the dark man. stuff, man. You keep laughing. You keep laughing, funny man. I'm not laughing. Thank you, Miss Caruso, for having me, Mr. Killens. <laughs> I like you on Twilight. Alistair. <laughs> I like you on Twilight. I'm done. He fucked his whole gimmick up. <laughs> <laughs> Truth, what are you doing? As funny like, as that was, you fucked this whole. If any, you're, they're lucky. A lot of people don't watch Raw Talk. Oh, that ruined that man. It. Oh, oh my god! I feel like he had to grab his shoulder to keep him. I feel like that wasn't planned. I feel like that's what he had to do to make sure he didn't laugh. <laughs> because we have seen so many scenarios of people getting around truth. My favorite one's to this day, I think it was recently with Shayna Baszler. She started to say something. She had to turn away so she wouldn't laugh. Like, it's fucking terrible. Like, this show has so many funny people on it. Why is the product so bad? I don't understand. That's too good, man. I liked you on Twilight. Okay, I'm writing that one down. I'm, right, I'm writing that one down. Fuck it. I liked you on Twilight. I liked you on Twilight, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, I managed to dodge those movies for an entire generation. I still haven't seen them. Oh, God. I am neither Team Edward nor Team Jacob. I am Team Talk Brunch. Fuck y'all. They, that's right. <laughs> they, did, they did have teams, right? It was almost like Team Cena and Team Rock. Except <laughs> Rock and Cena were manly, not covered in glitter and shit. Yeah, I always thought it was weird that, like, vampires, like, compared to the kind of vampires that I grew up with as a teenager, these vampires just seemed really weird. Well, like, Even the ones that I because I mean, my first exposure to vampires was fucking 30 days of night. Like, we had, you know, the freaking... The, Those Faratu. We had, like, the Lestat, you know, like the Anne Rice vampires and shit, you know, we had... Black, we had the Impaler, we, come on now. We had Alucard in our, in our Castlevanias, and we had fucking Lestat in our books and movies. Like, we had badass vampires, you know. If you made it through Van Helsing, we had that Dracula. Like, you know, it's like, and then all of a sudden they had vampire. I always heard that they glittered. Oh, you know, oh, the bitches sparkled. <laughs> like, how does that <laughs> Why do you want that? Fucking Dracula. Of all the powers you could have. Doesn't that just make it easy to see you in the dark? <laughs> right. I'm saying, like, I haven't ever seen any of it. Or I know there's books and stuff. I haven't seen, but literally, wouldn't it, like, fuck you over if you were a vampire i would want to like live in darkness can you imagine sparkling that'd be like my worst nightmare that'd be something you cast on a vampire like oh yeah motherfucker you sparkle now now whenever <laughs> now whenever you're in the dark we caught you <laughs> like how did that become a power i'm just so lost like <laughs> motherfuckers, motherfuckers come out the casket looking like an abercrombie and fitch album like fuck <laughs> like i just don't you know, get how... write that down too you sparkle now <laughs> Like, it's just weird that that would be an accepted thing. Who came up with that <laughs> awful idea? You know, they sparkle. Alistair Black doesn't sparkle, so he's definitely not a vampire. Not of this generation. He's too young to be to be the cool vampire. So if it was this generation, he'd have to be sparkling. And I don't see it. Motherfucker, be just... He has to rename his whole fucking moveset. That's why I don't enjoy stuff anymore, man. I used to think that I'm just, you know, not getting into things but really said things aren't good you know like 
movies and TV fun. shows and stuff are all bad, and they've been going in a bad direction because Twilight's old now. And when you think about it, that was like the beginning of things that are being like shit, you know. So, what really is there good? The Mandalorian is like one of the best good things that we have right now. There's no good vampire stories. Alistair Black and Our Truth is probably the best vampire story we've had like in the last couple of years, and it's like a two minute clip. <laughs> Fucking wrong killer is a sparkula. With a sparkling, he—that's uh, the most offensive thing. The fact that he—he he didn't even make him a vampire from something cool. Right? He didn't even say like, "I'm." He didn't even say, "I like you on like fucking thirty days of night." Van Helsing. This motherfucker said, "I like you at twilight." Yeah. That motherfucker. Ooh. That, that man said, "Teenage girls fight over you." Like fuck. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'll never recover that. Fuck. Well, you sparkle now. <laughs> Yeah, like I'd be so relieved if the vampires hunting me sparkled. I see you coming. I see you. That's like back in the day. Do you remember when they had the the, the sneakers that would that had lights on them? Was like the LA lights that you had. Yeah. Remember they used to catch people. They catch criminals. They'd be running in the woods and shit, and then they see the sparkling LA lights in the distance. <laughs> it was like this wasn't a good idea. I didn't see that shit now. Who the hell would want this? <laughs> you got a sparkly vampire. You got to kill that motherfucker with a bedazzled steak. No one ever thought about the off switch when they made the LA lights. <laughs> That's what they need. They need that for the sparkling vampires too. Can they turn that off? <laughs> they have to do like the Saiyans when they thought Freeze's father was coming. Shh, stop flying. Everyone hide your key. Like you know, everybody like the, stop sparkling. Like if, if the Twilight guys power down, do they lose their thing? <laughs> <laughs> they only sparkle at night. They just dull during the day. So many questions, right? That's what we get from not watching oh the franchise. I like Twilight better without knowing. I think ignorance is bliss in this case when it comes oh, to yeah. Twilight. All right. Let's move on from that. That was way more fun than I expected. It really was. <laughs> anyway, Undertaker did a commercial where he was playing that new 2K Battlegrounds game. Because <laughs> that's what's what the fucking sell me. Which, by the way, I know we talked about streaming it on here. Before I even look at this commercial, you guys, I'm just going to say this. At the end of the day, what really happened was I looked at the game and I was waiting for reviews because I'm very skeptical at this point when it comes to this company and wrestling games. And I couldn't really ever find any reviews. All I could find is gameplay. Part of it is because I don't think anyone cared to review this. No relevant people, no one really, no industry people. It's like the reviews just started trickling in. So if they came in today, this Monday, September 22nd, I didn't know yet. But uh, the more I watch the gameplay, the more I just realize things about this game. Uh, it, it just bothers me the way that it looks. It bothers me the way that it plays already without even playing it. It bothers me. I know that there's four different class types. There's like brawler, high flyer, whatever. And I know that each class type, all the characters in it share the same moves. So no matter who you are, you're within, you're basically just four characters with different skins. There's only four wrestling styles. That's all that it could ever be. And, uh, I remember. All-Stars was an okay game, but one of the things that bothered me about it was that I couldn't have the kind of matches that I would want to have in a WWE game. Like, what I liked about the WWE series is the fact that you can go and have matches that you could believe would have happened in the WWE. You know, there wasn't anything, there was no fuckery or anything, it didn't look strange or... You know, like, we finally got wrestling games to a point where other sports games were. We're like, this looks like this could happen. You know, this entire thing, we could simulate a match between Finn Balor and AJ Styles and it'll just be cool. It'll have all the things we want in it if we wanted to have it or however we choose to do it, you know, and it'll simulate that way. The simish style of those games is really what made me enjoy it, you know. 
going in yeah. universe mode and you know having like different stories play out and just wrestling the matches and the matches would actually come out good because you you would have people's moves and things and like with all stars no matter how much no matter how much fun i was having it always bothered me that i that i couldn't have a good wrestling match like i'm not here to fucking fly through the sky or be eaten by gators or have superpowers. like i want to have a good wrestling match you know and no matter what you can't do that in that game it's impossible you can have fun and you can beat each other up and shit like in power stones for dreamcast remember that game but really at the end of the game at the end of the day this is just it's just basically lame you know yeah. it's just it's not it'll never be the wrestling game i want it to be you know it, it looks like it's literally made for children and uh it just had no redeeming qualities. Honestly, the more I looked at it, and I hate to bury something that badly, but I was looking for an excuse to pick up something wrestling related so we could stream it since we didn't do 2K20 because it was shit. And honestly, it just didn't, there wasn't a single frame of animation of it that I saw that looked like it was any good. Nothing about this game was appealing whatsoever. And I was able to tell that from the trailers. So I was sitting there like, okay, this game has literally one chance to impress me. And literally from the get go, yeah, I was just like, okay, yes, he called it in the air. <laughs> yeah, and even if it would have been impressive, I would it would have still been a reluctance in pre- presence because it's not like it's what we wanted. You know what I mean? No one asked for this, yeah. so it's not. It was like, like, a, it was like I said, if I wanted to go play All Stars, I get a PS3 or Xbox 360 and go play All Stars. Yo, imagine if the NBA fans instead of getting 2K20, they would have told them, look, it's canceled this year, but we got double dribble. But we got, <laughs> wow, damn, you give them. The, I was gonna give them NBA Jam. <laughs> nah, nah. I- I'm not giving them that good. You know, <laughs> we're going there, we're going there. You know, like a little game like that. Like, you know, and the, people would have been pissed that they didn't get their actual wrestling game. They wouldn't give a fuck about NBA Jam or Double Dribble. I'd probably be more excited about Double Dribble, though, for the record. Yeah. It was really good when it was on the NES. It was close, it was close to a basketball game back then. You know, we really look at Double Dribble. NBA Jam to a people who, to someone who wants to play like real rest, like, like, like real basketball, where like you have the stats and the players and you, you know, and it just plays out like a real game. If you gave them NBA Jam, though, they would lose their shit. Because uh, they're not looking, and I love NBA Jam. I used to play all of them, but you know they're not looking to do those kind of moves. They they like the simish stuff about the basketball game. A lot of them do, at least. So you can't substitute yeah. one for the other. You would have a salty fan base. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there, there hasn't been NBA enough Jam of these... over this 2K21. Yeah, that series has been oh. having issues too. I'm not giving it any credit. I'm yeah. just saying that the flavor that you're looking for when you're playing a basketball game is going to be that. You know, it's not going to be. It's the realism you're looking for. Yeah, we're looking for a game. Like, we always look at the intros and stuff. At least I do. I like to see the new intros, how close they got it to the way that the guy is when they come out. Um, You know, how close their motions and things are to the way things really are and the pay-per-views and shit. But you know what? I don't get It's like, how close is this? They drop out of the sky in a big cardboard-ass box and it explodes and then they come out of it looking weird. And it's not close. Everybody's all misproportioned and shit, looking like fucking kids next door characters. And I know that that was the point, but you know what? That's an excuse that I've seen a lot of indie developers doing. I'm not saying that there aren't good indie developers out there, because we play a lot of good indie stuff on this channel, and there's great stuff. But at the same time, there's indie developers that make cheap things. And then they'll say that it's like, that's their design. That's their vision. It's like, no, that's your budget, motherfucker. Right. It's like, that's not <laughs> like if I If I wanted to play something cartoony... That wasn't meant to be taken seriously. I'll just re-download Gang Beast. Yeah, you made this game because it was cheap. It was cheap and easy. And you just put a bunch of wrestling skins on four different characters. Because, like I said, there's four classes. Brawler, Flyer, and whatever the two are, I don't care. But the point being that if you're in one of those four, for example, if Rey Mysterio and freaking Cedric Alexander are both considered high flyers, then Rey Mysterio and Cedric Alexander, aside from their finisher, have the exact same moveset. So since it's four classes, that means it's really just four characters with different skins. Right? 
Like, that's just, that's lazy. Like, like I'm not wrong in this logic. Even, even All-Stars wasn't that lazy. All-Stars, you still had, everybody still had actual moveset. How you get lazier than the pre-gen game? So that's what I mean. These guys literally gave us, and that's why I couldn't justify it. It was like, there's no way. This is literally visual. There's four different characters. And if three or four of you pick the same thing, you're all fighting and doing the same moves. There's only, there's a one in four chance that you're going to get like doubles in this. You know what I mean? Like it's, it doesn't make any sense. They're not going to fool me with that game. They're cheating, lying bastards. They, t- they, they made that game to steal your money. They wanted because they, they knew everybody was like, Hey, 2K20 bombed. Oh, let's give them another game. They'll take it. No. It, it's no, more like they no. wanted to make some of that 2K21 money that they're not going to make since they didn't bother to develop the game. So they said, let's just release something easy to do and then charge WWE 2K prices for it. That's what really happened. And now you want to put that piece of shit. You know, the funny thing about it is, even if it were really a good game, certain things about that from the get-go turned me off. First of all, look. Second of all, we talked about some of the pre-order bonuses and everything. Why am I paying extra money to have a guy I've had in, like, Every game, it's like SmackDown, shut your mouth. What? No, no. Like, yeah. there's certain things that just don't make sense after a certain point. And Edge as a pre-order bonus doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like again, I really wanted to, but the more I looked at it, it was like this game is not going to be fun if you're playing. It's probably only slightly better than the mess they made with 2K20, and that's only because it has a fraction of the stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy when it has a fraction of the stuff. 2K20 was a complex game, you know? Yeah, and as somebody who played and still occasionally will jump back into it nowadays, yeah. When they say a fraction, a fraction. The game itself was never the issue. The problem was that the people that took over this year don't know how to run the engine. And if you don't know how to run the engine on a game, then if you even change something a little bit, then it'll it'll mess a whole bunch of other things up if you don't know what you're doing. So they couldn't keep the the physics proper. You know, they couldn't keep the spots and the moves and the collision detection together because they didn't build the game. It's hard to just pick up and continue. But uh, so you were the bugs and those are the issues with the game. The game structure wasn't the problem. So instead of instead of them fixing the problem, which was the game structure, they decided they were just gonna not make it. <laughs> you know, I mean that's the cop out. <sighs> oh my god. I forgot this was talking about the Undertaker playing this with his family. Yeah, because this is literally they they thought, hey, we'll show them the Undertaker likes the game, then they'll all buy it. I forgot this was the Undertaker playing this with his family. <laughs> See if she did Battlegrounds. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you mean I'm gonna just run it. Fuck it. Let's See. You about to meet the dark side. Right after we buried the game. So yeah, that's the ugly ass game. Well, you guys know we've been watching it on here for a while. You don't know that this is like an ugly ass game that we're watching. So we could even end the trailer right there. Fuck the trailer. Like, there's another thing that bothers me. What wrestling game have we ever seen where the Undertaker is wrestling still in his hat? Stone Cold Steve Austin's in jeans and a vest. Like, come on, dude. Really? Y'all couldn't even get the tires right? Yeah, and then a fan messaged him and they said that the controllers weren't even on. 
And then uh, Undertaker <laughs> replied back and said, we were using the power of the dark side, duh. <laughs> so. <laughs> that was fun. a nice slap back. That was great. I didn't expect that to happen. I bet everyone was surprised. <laughs> that was a magical clap back. Uh, like, Don't you know I use darkness, bitch? Like, what? So, uh, somehow, an image of Tessa Blanchard wound up in this game. I heard about this. How do you do that? You can't even, you don't, don't even know who's on your roster? Yeah. Oh, and the bad part about it is I know which image it was. Well, let's have a look because apparently somehow Tessa Blanchard is in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so what is this? This is some sort of a, of a little storyboard thing that they do between story. Some kind of shit. Hold on a minute. Wait a second now. How in the hell did, did this I know a lot of people are going to sit there. Oh, this is a sign. She's coming. No, it's not. No, this. <laughs> How in the dare. hell did this get past so many people? Because nobody was paying attention. Because even they didn't give a shit about this game. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, from the angle it was, I recognized it. Because I believe it was uh, a particular shot that was taken at the Hard to Kill event when she won the world title. They always use this shot of her on everything. I see it constantly. <laughs> Oh, you have to just Google her once. That must be how they even got it. They Googled to get some extra wrestling stock footage. They Googled and somebody saw Tessa Blanchard. Hard to kill world title. I can't believe that. that. You know how careless that is? Good Lord. So what you're telling me is in the AEW video game, we're going to get a random shot of Charlotte for no reason. I heard that she was considering legal action, but they patched her out of the game. But you know what? What about people who have the disc version? I do that. I do it anyway. Fuck it. Yeah, you still have it in the disc version. Time to sue. <laughs> no, but uh, so this is what the patch version looked like. I want to switch you to the patch version now. Yeah. Hey, cool. What do you mean, Tessa? A stupid. They used her image in the game without her consent. Sue. <laughs> like, I love the. What they gonna do? Be like, oh, I don't know if that we we realize it was Tessa Blanche. Everybody goes, fucking Tessa Blanche. I love that before and after effect, right? God. Is the new girl hand drawn? Yeah, it looks like it. Well, they just picked some of the fucking one of the jobbers in the PC. It was like, hey, stay here and look cool. Yeah, look at that. Oh my god, completely different vibe. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that one looks like they actually came up with an image. What's up, Weekly Planet? Welcome to the chat room. Hello, <sighs> man. It's next level, man. So, um, moving along. Gallows and Anderson are developing an animated series for Talking Shop. Remember that weird Talking Shop pay-per-view thing that we had with Teddy Long and all the other shit that happened? They laughed my ass off it. Yeah. Well, they want to do uh, some sort of a freaking, I guess, animated one. And they put this on social media. Wipe. Wipe. Wipe it down. Wipe. 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 Wipe it down. Wipe. 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 What in the fuck? That was a... Okay. All right. (laughs) That is how you... uh... That was different. Yeah, that was Carl Anderson turning into cartoon form. It's going to be like Cool World. Remember Cool World? Oh, my God. Cool World where that dude fucks the cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) As she comes to life. What was her name? Holly? I think it was Holly. Yeah. The whole whole, uh, slogan was Hollywood if she could. And she did. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, oh. I added the end she did, but the Hollywood as she could was the thing. But she did. So, uh, yeah, Doc, <laughs> <laughs> Doc also did one too. <laughs> oh, no. 
wipe, wipe, wipe it down. Wipe, 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 wipe it down. Wipe, wipe, wipe. Why is he a captain? Remember, that's what they were in the uh, in the talking shop. Oh, yeah. They were those those weird gimmicks that they have. I forget the names of them. God, that's a. Uh... It's going to be interesting. I feel like I might have to watch it now. Oh, yeah. We have to watch it. Oh, yeah. Well, enjoy it more than 2K Battlegrounds. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. You segue back to that. Yeah, but then again, let's be real. That's not difficult. Cause... <laughs> so, according to Wrestling Incorporated, they said that uh, WWE uh, and AEW have different methods of testing for the current virus. They basically... Uh, WWE people go to a parking garage the day before they do tapings, and then they have a nasal swab test. And then after they leave, they're sent a text to let them know what the results are, and then they're given the plans for the following day. Where AEW sends them off to an off-site place um, the morning of the tapings, and they have blood tests um, that with results that come back like within minutes, apparently. And then they're given a wristband, and um, if they don't test positive, um, and that's pretty much it. They just show their wristband when they're walking in. And so, again, there's blood tests and there's the nasal swabs, I'm guessing. Apparently, um, the blood tests take more resources. So, and they, they're more accurate. So, if you go with the nasal swab, you might find out if somebody's positive. If you go with the blood test, there's a higher possibility, but it's more expensive. AEW went with the higher, more expensive blood test. WWE went with swabbing your nose because it's cheaper. Yeah, they save that money. Yeah. Fuck those lives, though. Right? <laughs> so Booker T recently mentioned that he was positive on his show. I'm going to run that here and link you guys to the full thing. About an hour ago from the from the CDC uh, and the CDC told me that, um, yes, um, I have tested positive for, for the coronavirus back at the end of June. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, I mean, for those who don't remember, I mean, we talked about it. I don't know, a month, two months ago that you felt bad, you yeah. got but they lost your results. Yeah, I never got my result back, uh, but they called me rest assured today. To tell me that, uh, yeah, back at the end of June when I got tested, uh, I tested positive and I've, I've had three tests since then and, uh, they all came back negative. Um, uh, but it just goes to show you how backed up we really are with this system that we're working with. Um, as far as people finding out, um, if they got this or if they don't got, I'm, I'm living proof. I'm living proof. Thank God I'm still here <clears throat> and, um, I got a healthy immune system and, 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 you know, God, you know, spared me on this one, but I could have been one of the the um, nearly 200,000 um, that didn't know that I had this and I was gone uh, on my way um, to the to the next um, life. But but man, it, it's more it's, it's bigger than that. Um, um, I, I know what I, I, I went through um, for, you know, it wasn't a long time. It was a couple of weeks um, that I went through it and um, I had the headaches. I had the, um, the night sweats. Um, I lost my taste and smell for, for two weeks. And, um, I, 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 I thank God, uh, I, w- I was smart enough to, um, quarantine from the family. I stayed away from everyone. I put myself, um, uh, off in the West Wing 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, and I stayed there for a couple of weeks, and uh, until I start feeling better, until to everything um, start subsiding, even my taste. Um, I, I waited to that um, start to come back a little bit before I start mingling with the family and whatnot. And thank God I did, man, because you know I could have be I, I could be like the Rock, you know, as far as the whole family coming down with something like this. And like I said, I got my you know, uh, mother-in-law here with us. And that's something that's so serious, guys. I just want y'all to be careful, man. Be careful with this. I'm, thank God I'm working for a company that's testing me on a regular basis. And I know if it's, uh, oh, is that, who is that? Uh, I, I know if it's um, something uh, that I have to deal with, but guys. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that is still out there and this is still going on. I know we don't talk about it as much, but don't think that it's by any means over. Oh, no, at all. Which, speaking of, the reason why I brought it back into the spotlight this week is because uh, there is some bad, unfortunate breaking news as of a couple of hours ago. So there was a apparently there was a massive outbreak at NXT of COVID nineteen. Huge. And uh, we don't really know the names, but we know that there was a full outbreak. Uh, the speculation is that there was apparently a coach that might have accidentally spread it. A lot of the performance center classes have been canceled. And uh, I guess they're going to have to start changing things around in regards to what's seen on NXT. They said that it had a deep, they, they quoted Sean Sapp has said that uh, it caused a quote unquote decent effect on creative. So there's big problems over at NXT right now. We don't know who, we don't know what. Hopefully none of these people in retribution brought some retribution up there with them because uh, they were in NXT recently. Yeah. But I don't think so. At least I hope not. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't even know if they know anymore. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. It's a shame because NXT is doing really good. Yeah. We were going to talk about it later, but their shows have been excellent. Uh, but in a bit of positive news... NXT UK has returned. Yep, they had their very first episode back this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't watch it, but I know it returned, so congratulations to them. And, uh, yeah, I hope it was good. I'd like to think that they had a good show. Yeah, I mean, it was. I guess, I guess they're doing things still differently over in the UK, but there was nobody there besides the wrestlers and, of course, the commentators. But um, it was a lot of just kind of building, well, kind of re- um, reintroducing people to some of um, some of the wrestlers from there. Like, I know Gallus kicked off um, Action, Wolfgang, and Mark Coffey. Uh, they finally locked in. They don't know a specific date yet, but uh, Ela Dragunov and Walter for the UK title. They're starting up um, Kaylee Ray and Piper Niven's feud up again. So it's just kind of it, this episode was a lot of like reintroducing people to some of the people on the on the roster and just kind of getting some of the old feuds they had before this started kind of back into motion. Gotcha. OK, well, that's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it felt like business as usual, just minus the people. So. Yeah. Which, by the way, later on tonight, guys, we have uh, the voting for this upcoming Sunday's pay-per-view uh, Clash of Champions. Uh, what Gold, Rush. No. Gold Rush, right? Gold Rush. So we'll be voting on those <laughs> matches. Uh, and next week, we're going to talk about something different because I've, like, I've already seen a pattern where you get WWE burnout 
after uh, having to watch nine hours of them and then a fucking four-hour pay-per-view on Sunday. So Monday, we're going to go more into the most recent two, last two or three episodes of Ring of Honor uh, because there's been a lot of good stuff coming out from that camp again now that they're officially back. So we'll be starting with the uh, September 11th episode, I believe, of Ring of Honor. And uh, right now there's two weeks. So if you get a chance, if you're not going to watch it, you want to watch this show, I suggest you do. We're going to do Ring of Honor. Also, on uh, New Japan, we have the G1 going on right now. So far, the yep, first AM bleed block, I believe, uh, finished with a bang. Right. So we're going to check some of that out. You know, I want to kind of move away from after the freaking Clash of Champions. We're going to talk about other things on here a little bit. Get a little breathing yeah. room from the E. So mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Give, give people time to uh, watch that stuff since it's all available now. You know, and uh, NXT UK just made me think about that. Just the different flavors of stuff that are out right now. There's no need to like brainwash yourself with uh, yeah, the same shit all the time. So WWE released a video of Shawn Michaels because he's like one of the head bookers. He pretty much runs uh, NXT UK, right? Virtually, yeah. He's one of the big uh, one of the big heads up there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They released this video. They show him doing it behind the scenes. Tell Shawn to get to work. Shawn steps to get to work. <laughs> The, the amount of gratitude I feel for just having everything back is just unbelievable. To walk into BT Studios and see the setup was like was like a kid going into a playground. It is, is exactly what we wanted and more. You guys, that was freaking wonderful. That was one of the greatest things I've ever seen, guys. Thank you so much. Freaking amazing. By the way, miss seeing you. <laughs> Thank you all. And Shawn Michaels' voice come over the loudspeaker and stuff and being able to give directions and give opinions and stuff like that is, is obviously great. Just so wanted to be a part of this relaunch. I think today went pretty darn well. I think uh, when, when the world sees these shows, they're going to realize uh, NXT UK is still something pretty special. Yeah, so look at that. You know, it's good news. It's, it's unfortunate, right? When they're coming back, we're having a big issue with our NXT over here. <laughs> You know, right. I hope but, that uh, one, good. I was gonna say one thing you did notice was uh the first uh, the second ever UK champion Pete Dunn who is in amazing shape at the moment, but right yeah. now he is um a producer for NXT UK. Does that mean his in current in ring career is done? But it's something he's doing for now until things kind of start to more settle. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense. Well. We'll see how that happens. Like I said, next week we'll try some other stuff out. Oh, yeah. Mixed up a little bit. But in other news, uh, TMZ caught up with Dana White and they asked him about his relationship with Brock Lesnar now that the WWE contract is up. And uh, I'm going to have that clip for you here. We're linking you guys as well on social media. You had said to me previously that if Brock Lesnar and John Jones were interested in fighting, that you would make that happen. Have you heard from Brock Lesnar yet? Not a word. Uh, do you want to hear from Brock Lesnar, though? I think I listen. I'm sure I'd love, love to hear how he's doing and how his family is and things like that. But I think that's going to be the extent of a conversation with with him. Um, you know, the guy the guy has has had a long killer career. He actually came in and became a UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah, and the guy's made a lot of money. I, I just I I just don't see him coming back over here again uh, at his age. So what is the latest with John Jones? While we're mentioning him, anything new with him? Nope. Just sitting and waiting. Nothing. He's out there doing his thing and, you know. Hopefully his thing's legal. Nothing. You know. <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> we need legal John Jones out there. <laughs> we do not need juice to the tears. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
our boy Matt Riddle over here. Apparently, Bro. he is uh he is suing that that person uh that accused him, the speaking out person. Oh yeah, that? crazy bitch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know her, but Candy Cartwright, he is suing her. So uh, I mean, I guess the one positive thing that we can say about this, if anything, is that uh people realize that uh you can be sued. So make sure in every single situation that uh, you're sure you want to follow through with this shit. And that because that clap back can be quite vicious. And that everything is honest. Uh, so Matt Riddle's attorney released a statement that reads, On July 14, 2020, our client Matthew Riddle only sought a cyberstalking injunction against Samantha Tavill. The court set it for hearing as they found probable cause for the matter to be heard. It was represented to our client and our firm that Miss Tavill had moved on with her life and our client would no longer need to continue with the cyberstalking injunction. Our client then dismissed the cyberstalking injunction without prejudice, which left all of his legal remedies open and allowed for closure. Today, our client has elected to file a civil suit against Miss Tavill for her continued false and defamatory statements that our client sexually assaulted her. No further statements will be made on social media on this matter at this time. So, uh, apparently there were some documents that came out that showed, uh, I guess what the, uh, what they're filing. It's like committed stalking, previously threatened, harassed, stalked, cyber stalked, physically abused a petitioner, threatened to harm petitioner, family members or individuals closely associated with petitioner, used or threatened to use against petitioner any weapons such as guns, knives, destroyed personal property, including but not limited to telephones or other communication equipment, clothing or or other items belonging to petitioner three days prior to the restraining order being put into riddles attorney put through a voluntary dismissal to close the restraining order case so (sighs) so, uh, apparently this would mean that the only place that she would be barred from traveling would be to the performance center so then her attorney said that that um it's an illustration um of true intention what the hell does that even mean Illustration of true intention. I guess if it's on, if it's on her end, oh, it sounds so like that, it's yeah. clear, like like she's trying to do something. You no, know, basically what they're saying is that his, he's doing this to keep her from uh from his job, from his place of work. Well, yeah, she's a stalker. Yeah. So apparently, in the petition, it said that she showed up to New York to Full Sail University and made a scene and had to be escorted out of the building. Oh my god. Uh oh. <sighs> I mean, that means other people saw this. You know what I yeah. mean? Like so that means he has witnesses now. Damn! <laughs> oh my god! I mean, the performance center isn't gonna. Everyone there's not. Well, there's a conspiracy now, right? Wow! Yeah, like Stacey said, that must be some good D. All right, he had to get dragged out. She's the second performance center stalker. <laughs> but this one's <laughs> nowhere near as funny. So, uh, she tweeted, she said, I received, uh, legal, I received help through the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. However, other victims in the speaking out movement were not so lucky. Please help if you can. So there's some people funding her, I guess, her defense. I mean, damn, if there's a video or something of her being escorted or witnesses of her being escorted out of the performance center and there was already all this shit filed, you gotta question it. I'm just saying, you gotta question what we're dealing with here. But no, we have to believe her because she's a hero. She, she spoke out, so that makes her a superwoman. Good for her. Believe. <laughs> All right, believe what you want to believe. 
That's what you gotta do. Why you have like a what's his name? You don't wanna believe it. That. <laughs> I can't believe we forgot his name. That's amazing. R. Kelly, right, right. There you go. <laughs> Got all about that. So apparently, according to Deadline, uh, Chris McCumber left his position at NBC after being there for 19 years. He was the president of the USA Network and Sci-Fi. So uh, there's also been a lot of other restructuring going on. Um, the chairman um, started having a whole bunch of changes done. So uh, Meltzer brought this up on Wrestling Observer because basically this guy who retired, who was the president of both the USA Network and Sci-Fi Network, two networks associated with Raw and SmackDown, uh, he was the person who was like the middleman who would go between NBC and WWE and I guess make all the deals. And now they pretty much don't have that connection directly to NBC. They're no longer, they don't really have that connection of that 19 year relationship of the, of the middleman that they would speak to for the USA network. So, uh, that brings up some concerns, I guess. So, yeah, it's a long lasting relationship to now just lose. And apparently this guy before he left was pretty upset with WWE for taking Paul Heyman off of uh, Raw. Obviously, since he's from the USA Network president, he was a big Paul Heyman guy. So, I mean, I'd be pissed off, too, if somebody was like, hey, this guy's got good ideas. Get rid of him. Like, I don't think there was a soul that was really happy with except AJ Styles that Paul Heyman got to let go. Even with all the flops, they're still the highest rated show on that network. So they're not in danger, but they just have less of a personal relationship with the network, assumingly, you know. Yeah, uh, we always have to speculate. I wonder how that network feels about uh, WWE, you know, like there's no possible way they're just still like hunky dory, 100 percent happy with them. Like, I can't believe that they are. Oh, yeah. Neither can I. Like, it's very unlikely. Like, yeah, they can still be they can be highest rated all day long. But let's be real. We've seen in many cases there are some people who just blindly follow the shit. So it's like you got all start. It gets to the point you almost have to start to think how many people are watching this because they're enjoying it, or how many watch people are watching this just because they see that tag Monday Night Raw. Yeah, pretty much. That that is a problem, and now yeah, they, that's kind of what it's become. If they don't have people in high places, that makes it an issue. So, just something to keep in mind. I wouldn't say it's too bad. I mean, a company knows how to do business, but I'm just saying that that's just an observation that was put out there. And uh, apparently, WWE uh, is being reported that in regards to the situation with Donald Trump being reelected and Linda McMahon working with the campaign and all of that other stuff, that there's kind of like a gag order within WWE where you don't really bring that kind of stuff, you know. So, uh, but they did talk. Apparently, who is this that spoke about this here? Uh Stephanie, I don't know if I'm going to get this name right, Kuinu Knox and John Alba put together a timeline of uh, just relations between the McMahons and uh, the the state of Florida, pretty much, to be honest, with the the governor and everything. So it starts with April 1st, where Ron DeSantis issues an executive order for essential services after speaking to Donald Trump. And then April 9th, DeSantis altered the order to include professional sporting events and media productions. And then also on April 9th, Linda McMahon announced that her presidential super PAC would spend $18.5 million in Tampa and Orlando, Florida. And then April 10th uh, is when reports broke that Vince McMahon decided to go live 
So uh, we said the same thing on here as it was happening. We were literally like, don't you guys find this weird? Like the way this whole thing played out. We literally called it out on here when it happened. So yeah, now this yep. timeline has been put together, which just further confirms what we were talking about, how the state of Florida uh, basically is in bed with the McMahons who are good friends with Donald Trump. And that's the reason why a lot of stuff in Florida has been able to continue going the way it's continued because it's on their dollar and on their order. But mum's the word on this whole thing. You're not supposed to even talk about the fact that the McMahons are associated with the Trumps. Nobody knows that. Shh. Shut you know, the fuck up. But you know who seems to be interested in all of this stuff lately? Andrew Yang. I was about to say, I think I know the guy. Yeah, that motherfucker. He was on uh, Wrestling Incorporated. And I'm going to just play a little excerpt here. It is like about a 16-minute uh, thing. I'll link you guys to the full one. But here you go. Um, well, you know, I know you tweeted out that you thought that Vince should hope that Donald Trump stays in office to help protect him and, and keep his corrupt business practices going, I think, as you put it. Do you get the vibe that Donald Trump and Vince McMahon are actively communicating and working together on a regular basis regarding this and other issues? Oh, we all know that they have a longstanding relationship that spans decades. Uh, and so I, I think it would be strange to imagine that they're not in touch. Uh, yeah. And I think that Vince knows having a friend in the White House has been very helpful to him on several levels. Uh, my hope is that Vince finally does the right thing. He can claim to do it of his own volition, but uh, I mean, that it's doubtful that he would do the right thing, given that it's been decades of, of longstanding abuses uh, and, and corruption on this side. Right. Uh, but if he if, if he doesn't do the right thing um, in the next number of weeks, uh, we're going to help him do. We're going to do the right thing for him. Uh, and wow. uh, I said in another context, it would give me great pleasure. It would because these wrestlers have been putting their uh, their life and limb on the line to help make Vince rich for years and decades. Uh, they've been mistreated. They deserve better. Uh, and to me, this is an important emblem of what's going on in American life, Nick, where millions of Americans tune in and watch these performers uh, who put years into their craft every single week. Uh, the fact that they're getting exploited to, to, to this level uh, is completely wrong. Uh, and this is something that most Americans would 100% agree with if they knew the ins and outs of just how egregious Vince's mistreatment is. Yeah, and, and one of the things I wanted to get your take on was, you know, obviously we've all started hearing these Bob Woodward, you know, uh, clips, and there was the one where Trump obviously said he was going to be playing down the pandemic, right? So he didn't want to cause a panic or whatever he may be saying. Do you think that there's... Uh, Something to the idea that WWE maybe helped him with that narrative by continuing to do shows right as the pandemic was breaking and never, never taking a moment to pause. I doubt it. I doubt that those two things were related just in so far as I think that Vince and WWE were like, we're going to keep the show going hell or high water because we have a broadcast TV deal. Uh, you know, we have shareholders that we have to keep happy. Uh, like, I, I think that was the reason why they they wanted to make sure that uh, they could continue to, to perform and have shows. Sure. And with, you know, we, what we've heard come out of the performance center, these dozens of people that got sick and everything like that. Do you think an investigation is due to the way WWE carried itself during that very delicate period of time right after the pandemic broke out? Uh, I think it's very much related, Nick, in that if you have employees who feel like they have no choice but to come and perform for you, even if. They might have a vulnerable person in the household or they just don't want to perform, but they feel like they're going to lose their livelihood if they don't perform. Um, that's wrong. Uh, and that could easily have been the case in some of these instances where performers 
WWE would be like, well, it's your choice, but then the the threat is like, and if you decide not to, you're going to lose your job. Right. Um, given the tenuous nature of employment in the WWE, I'm sure that there were many wrestlers who had deep reservations about performing, but felt like they had no choice but to keep their their jobs. Uh, uh, and do something they did not want to do. Yeah. Um, and one of the other quotes I wanted to ask you about from these Woodward clips, because they're the gift that never keeps giving. Um, he also told Woodward that in regards to Mohammed bin Salman, he saved his ass in regards to getting Congress. Uh, so what do you think? Yeah, he's kind of right on the nose, unfortunately. A lot of these guys we've seen in, God, I don't even know how many different cases, they put themselves at risk through this whole pandemic because realistically this we've talked about it before this company will cut you off in the blink of an eye for virtually no reason at all it's like hey uh i'd rather not be at these tapings uh because i don't want to put my family at risk okay we'll just like we'll just erase you from all that was kind of the same thing that happened with roman and somehow they managed to just work around that and bring roman back it was like they didn't mention roman they had none of roman stuff up on just because he didn't want to work through it. The whole Sami Zayn thing as well. Sami Zayn, he was virtually not mentioned until he came back just because he didn't want to work. But those two got lucky. It's like, how many guys have we seen where it could have just been a case of they just didn't want to work through the pandemic? Yeah, and you can't blame them for that. Yeah. There's a lot of cases like that. Like, nothing is worth putting your life at risk because you only get one. That life ends. There ain't really much you can do at that point. Yeah, no, you're definitely right about that. It's putting profit over people, like, which is never the right way to go. Because without the people, you're not going to make a profit. You damn are not going to make a profit. You almost fuck around and kill everybody just because you want to get through some tapings and shit. Like, yeah, now it's in the next team, man. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, who's next? Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, so there's been apparently an update with the uh, Sonya Deville situation. Not specifically, but sort of indirectly related with her. Apparently, we're hearing that there might be a new law put into place. Uh, there's talk um, in in the Florida legislature um, where celebrities can list their homes confidentially. So if you're an athlete, you're a wrestler, if you're on TV, if you're an actor, uh, you can't get your home address um, publicized. You know, it'll be confidential because that's essentially what's happening. I guess somehow people are going into... Uh, just who owns what, and that's how they know where they live. Which it makes sense, right? If you own something, you'd want your name on it. Yeah. If they get access to the information of who owns what property, then they know obviously where you live. They know what state you're from, how many properties. If you have a house somewhere else, they know that must be where you vacation as long as they know where you're from. And if they're your fucking stalker, I imagine they know what state you're from. So, you know, that's a really good idea. I'm surprised that people don't have that. It's kind of like our websites and everything. You know, we all have things that are like identity protection and things so people can't deal with your stuff. Something like that should be definitely set for addresses, especially for celebrities. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that something like this caused that to happen. The fact that he wanted to fucking decapitate her. Yeah. You know, that should definitely be enough for something like that. More than enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we should talk about some of the, uh, some of the, uh, weeklies. Weeklies. Good old weeklies. Um, could talk a little bit about Dynamite. Anything noteworthy from good old AEW Dynamite? Uh, well, the, uh, two, pretty much two matches stood out to me. Uh, we had Eva Luis and Thunder Rosa 
from the NWA Women's Championship, which was a hard-hitting fight. Yes, that was very cool. I thought that was cool. Um, You know what I was thinking? You know what this match made me think? First of all, finished Thunder Rose, I believe, goes over with a tombstone pile driver, right? Yes, which okay. is, I think is the only woman I've ever seen use that move. Very interesting. You, you know what I was thinking? Um, It might be a good idea for AEW to focus on the Mexican women. Yeah. Because of, Ivelisse, mm-hmm. Diamante, Thunder Rose, when she comes over, they are fantastic. There's some untapped talent there. You know the way WWE now, thanks to Bogarting, they're known for all of the Japanese women, for having the best Japanese yeah. women. That's already done. You can't have the best Japanese women also, because they already do. That would be basically you telling me that there's two Oscars out there. There isn't. So, like, you already lost that, that battle. It's over. You can't, you can't have another Oscar. You can't clone her. Anything you get is going to be a tier below that. So, you know, and then they have Io Shirai, too. You know, it's like they literally have the best women that you could have on there. So not to say that there aren't other good Japanese women, because they do have uh, Hikaru Shida, which is like the one solid worker that they have. But there's a whole bunch of Mexicans that they haven't gotten the whole Lucha Libra style. And these girls are sort of proving it here. Yeah. You know, like, look at how good this has been ever since they came. Those three women have saved this shit somehow. It's a miracle. You know, I feel like I feel like from Pulp Fiction with Samuel Jackson. We need to acknowledge this shit for a minute. This was a goddamn miracle. <laughs> like the same women's division we were talking about just a couple months ago is awful. All the freaking women in there have killed it. They just had a show stealer on this impact. They should be kissing I mean, their asses for that because I've oh never seen God. such a turnaround before. It's crazy. Never... Three Mexican women saved the whole fucking division so far. <laughs> and you could hear it in Jim Ross's voice. His voice fucking cracked a few times. He oh so, yeah, he he went <laughs> in the old school JR mode a couple of times. Like, he was so happy to have to have good women wrestling. You could hear it. It's not what he what he says during the regular women matches. It's what he doesn't say. The fact that he was going, man, he's a this is a good match. Like you could hear how much he was enjoying the matches. It's like this is the first time he's seen good women's wrestling in a long time because it is. <laughs> no, but they, they they knocked it out of the park in this match. Yeah, you know the whole thing is good. The whole thing, every time they're out there, it's good. They got to keep them forever. We got to figure this out. Got to make this work somehow quick. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, is uh, AEW winds up with some women tag titles. Yeah, Lassie Kala, you got, you got your first tag, tag, tag champs right there. Yeah, it's crazy. Wonderful stuff with this. <laughs> I've never seen such a save like this before. It's ridiculous. I was, I was so happy when they came, when, when they, when, um, they brought over Eva and Diamante, which by the way, happy birthday, Eva when those two came over, I knew it was about to be so good. I was like, they needed this. No, George, that's a rumor. That's how good these girls are. That The rumors started going around that they were stiffing each other. Then midway through the match, it got serious. Nah, man, that's how good those girls oh, are. They are that comfortable with each other. Because if I remember the station to be correct, this is not the first time they've gone at it. I believe they have met outside of this company before. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And I mean, Ivelisse is known for matches where that girl has no problem getting hit. Mm-hmm. Like with the Ivelisse match, if you stiff her, chances are she's okay with it. But yeah. no, they they just they work that well together. They mesh that well together to where you're sitting there wondering, did they really just shoot hit each other? Like, no, they just let these girls eat. That is that is awesome. Uh, see how see how much better everything is. Too bad she's I'm just saying all I'm, all I'm saying AEW run that back. Too bad she's freaking she's MLW, right? Uh she is the current she's currently NWA right now. Yeah. Does anybody here with the NWA power? That's on the web only, right? That's the one that looks like the price is right. 
<laughs> stages yeah. and shit, man. I wish they would fix that just a little bit. I know there's good people there, you know what I mean? People we know and shit, but I'm just every time I look, I'm like, yeah. Jesus. I turn to that shit and it's like, da 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 thing jumping away from that is that uh james storm apparently is not there anymore no he's a free agent now what's gonna happen to yeah, james so. storm he's gonna go to oh, the same I'm place saying. bobby root is right where the hell's bobby root he's apparently oh that is something i don't know if we were gonna talk about that tonight but there is a little update with the root situation no you could talk about it. i think i heard that he's gonna be used again that's the update um the one thing i'm hearing is we apparently are going to see him again soon like it's they looking it like he'll be coming back to Raw like in the near future. Some people were saying it even could have been as soon as tonight, but definitely he's going to be back very soon. So. Yeah, and they're going to have to reintroduce him. That's how long he's been gone. All I'm saying, man, click beer money. I'm just saying. Man, like, <laughs> we've been wanting that shit for years. Come on, WWE budge at least once. Yeah, so far all they've had for a few years is the beer. <laughs> and not even the regular beer. The fucking steel reserve and shit. And the King Cobras, right? <laughs> oh god yeah that. this women's match was absolutely incredible probably the it's the best one i've seen in AEW. yeah the only other thing i mean there were a few things the other thing the young bucks we have part of this heel turn i'm going to show you guys a clip of it here we'll talk about it five five grand last week for con- unethical conduct yeah well uh, deservedly so yeah. Got invited to a super kick party. He wasn't planning to attend. He is flat. What in the world is? I just don't get it. And Tony Khan was right to find him. I get it. But I don't get this. And what's the motivation for this? You want to find us, Tony? Matt? Just... He just threw a stack of bills at, at Tony Khan. I guess. Are you upset? Is your little group not doing well? How's the week doing? doing? We got a match. Keep How's going, the week doing? You guys okay? Don't leave your brother. <laughs> My gift, you know. Heck, what happened, oh, right? That's really weird. I don't think they are. I think it's just. It's so funny. Like, let's go back here for a minute. Let's got to see this. So they go to Tony Khan, right? Isn't it so funny how Tony Khan dresses? Yeah, I love how he dresses. Like, look at that. That's Tony Khan so right there. Casual. Bring that shit up. Like, that's so that's so different from Vince McMahon. I do, what the hell's that shirt that he's wearing? Can't tell. I can't even tell either. It's two something. And you know what they say that about a lot of wealthy people? People don't realize that it's portrayed in the opposite way in movies. But if you look at the most wealthy people in the world, they always just wear bullshit. They'll be wearing Fruit of the Loom t-shirt and regular freaking pants, sweatpants, sandals and shit. Look at the most money. I don't need to give a fuck. And we know the cons are like filthy rich. You know what I mean? Like way more than the McMahons. Like they have like power money here. So at the end of the day, it's funny because that that kind of just kind of shows it there in that sense. You know, yeah, you would have never known that was Tony Khan. He's just sitting there, just dressing cash. Just yeah. Which speaking of Tony Khan, I heard um, I was talking to a friend about it, and we made we he came to the greatest conclusion. He said, "Wouldn't it be great if the Jacksonville Jaguars won the Super Bowl one day, and then WWE has to give them a title belt?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thought about that. I was like, "Man, I want it now." <laughs> that would be beautiful. They... That would go to show the, the the mathematical equation of perfection there is in the world. Like, look at this. Like, this is what the Tony next... Khan sitting there with that Jacksonville Jaguar WWE championship. That would be crazy. You know what would happen 
oh my god like you know what happened if that happened like the moment that they put the belt on his shoulders like there'd be a fucking black hole would open like a vortex or something and all of space (laughs) time and reality would just collide that would be it that would be it literally that has to be what causes the end of the world the fact that the fucking jacksonville jaguars win the super bowl and then Tony Khan gets a WWE championship. Oh my god. It was just, everything it was just, just, just ends. a shit eating grin. Just, everything just fucking ends right there. Like that was it. Like oh George, they give one because they can't afford not to. They don't want to fuck up that image. Oh, I dared them not to give one. You're giving one. You know, you motherfuckers are giving one. You're giving or one. no we'll team give, will ever accept those fuckers again. We'll give our title too. So it'll be the AEW. They'll have both titles and they'll do the fucking Jericho twirl. Remember the Jericho twirl? Oh my god! <laughs> It'll be a poetic world. justice too, since he's like pretty much the face of that company. You know, you got the guy from winning the two titles. <laughs> oh god! Just spin with him. <laughs> yes, yes, I want it now. Oh yeah, like Stacey said, run me that belt. Oh my god! Like, hey Vince, where's my shit? <laughs> you saw the game, motherfucker. I know. Let them make oh. it. Let them. No, we we, we let them make it to the Super Bowl. This will become a super. This will become a football podcast so fast. All I'm saying, all you NFL teams out there, I don't ask y'all for much. Go Jaguars! But just, but just, just, just <laughs> give me that. Just one year. Just give. I don't. You yeah, never it's have almost to impossible. At that point, it's but just impossible. one year. But that's the reason the world would end because it would literally mean the impossible happen. It's physics defying. It's reality defining. It's the Jaguars winning and Tony Khan getting the WWE title. It would be <laughs> like it's literally it. You would break the world. You know what the bad part about it is when Vince is handing it off, he does that shit he used to do with the fucking DX people. When he starts rubbing on his ear. That shit would be a game breaking glitch if you made those two <laughs> things happen. <laughs> the world would be bricked. <laughs> oh man. Oh Jesus Christ. So, uh, other shit that happened. Matt Hardy got beat up by the inner circle. Isaiah, Isaiah, what has happened to Matt Hardy? It looks like he know. got beat up. Have you ever been about wrestling before? Right there. Right. Yeah, next thing you know, I see him. What happened? What happened, Doc? It's, it's swollen. It looks terrible. Oh, is he going to be okay? Or maybe you have to amputate. <laughs> so hey, Mr. Not the luckiest man in wrestling this week, are you, Hardy? Huh? You might want to put some ice on that. Yeah, a whole lot of ice. And we'll see you two later, kids. We got inner circled. We just got circled. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this. It's gonna be great if they did like the NWO thing where they just spread like a big ass circle around. God. I mentioned this to you in the chat room, but when they said that they wanted to make wins and losses mean something, I didn't expect it to come at the price of the matches meaning nothing at all. Like you have MJF who went over some jobber. Who the fuck was that? He fought. I don't even know who that was. Oh, how do you know who the fucking guy was? How am I watching your main show and I don't know somebody on there? Who the hell was that? You know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We had a. That other thing, the Eddie Kingston stable, which Jim Ross calls um Eddie Kingston and friends with the Lucha Bros and stuff, when he says that we are a family shit, he's trying to pull that Fast and Furious <laughs> Dom shit. We're a family. Yeah, that's what I was thinking over that side. I was like, okay, Dom. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, we had Lance Archer, who he winds up... And this is the second time that this happened, isn't it? Where Lance Archer pulls a fan into the ring. Like, somebody else pulled a fan into the ring, right? I don't know if I Yeah, you know I what it remember. was? First first you know what it was? Uh the entire stable, Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Bros, they pulled the fan uh, oh, in, yeah. into the ring and they beat the fuck out of him. Right? <laughs> they just 
And then later on, <laughs> you had the exact Archer same thing too. fucking happen. Lance Archer pulls a fan and he beats him up. Like they can't keep the hands up. This is not social distancing you're practicing here, okay. just to let you know. You know, and what, and the funny thing is that in the first beat up, the fan looked like Jungle Boy to me. And since they use their freaking wrestlers so much like the way they use their jobbers, I wasn't sure the whole time. But you know what? I know who it was. Who it was, was it? that guy, um, Gif Garrison. Because he and Jungle Boy have a similar hairstyle. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, they beat up Jungle Boy and he's in the crowd, you know? And I was like, maybe that's him. I can't even tell anymore. They use their jobbers so loosely the way they use their wrestlers. So who the fuck is And then in the second thing, when it was with Archer and Roberts, they, they beat up a masked guy. And I'm, and I don't know, I wasn't sure if it was just a masked fan or if it was Serpentico, you know? But yeah, it, that, it was, that, was, that, that was a. No, 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 that, that was a different mask guy. That was, that was just a mask mask. guy. I was like, is this a jobber? Or something? I had to think about it. I was like, no, no, it was a bright ass old thinking, mask. Man, yeah, yeah, was... These jobbers really need to stop hanging around in the crowd. First, you know what I'm saying? Y'all need to swap out real people. Y'all need to swap places with the real people because yeah. it's not safe up there for y'all. So then there's like this weird agreement where it's kind of like Jake Roberts and Taz as the two managers of Lance Archer and uh, that other dude, Brian Cage. Cage they wind up uh, making an agreement where whenever they beat Moxley, they're going to face each other for the title, like after Moxley, you know, which Moxley comes out. Um, and there's like this entire thing with, uh, you know, the Stark and Cage, I believe, jump him. Yeah, they both attack him there. And uh, the sidekick show up that they have. And was that little skinny dude that they always have with, with him? The little mini Cage? Oh, yeah, fucking uh, Ricky Stark. Yeah, so that guy, Ricky Stark, shows up. Cage. And uh, they beat up the security that's there. And it's funny how the Bucks get fined, but nope, not these guys. This is a total, total brawl here, but these guys aren't getting suspended. Nothing weird. Everybody's scared to find them. That's what it is. You know, and then, but you know what? Just like I predicted, I thought of this months and months ago when this company first came out. Just when Moxley needed him the most, out of nowhere, Will Hobbs, baby. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that guy. That's the guy when I get jumped, I want him to have my back. Will Hobbs to the fucking rescue. That motherfucker showed up just swinging. So happy that it was Will Hobbs. Isn't it weird how Will Hobbs just suddenly materialized into wrestling? <laughs> I've seen him a bunch of times on AEW Dark, so it's like I knew who he was. But it's like now he was in that battle royale, and now here he is, Will Hobbs. Look, it's Will Hobbs saving Moxley of all the people we got. All right, cool. I guess they have big plans for Will Hobbs. Very proud hey, of them. Yeah, something. Uh, anything else stood out about this? Of course, you had the final match, right? You had that big crazy yeah. ass... Uh, the fucking parking lot fight between PNP and the best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a bunch of violent shit. That going shit here. was physical. <laughs> no, there was that freaking what was that? A cradle pile driver through the through the freaking uh through the table? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was um it was strong zero. Yeah. And like I love one of my favorite spots of this whole match. Like I think it was Santana was no, it was Ortiz that was stuck under the car hood. It fucking Fucking Chucky e. T hits a senton, hits a, hits the one of the rolling senton, and then Trent hits a senton of his own. I'm like, dude, that must suck. <laughs> like, there's no way to look. There's no way to make it look like he was okay after that shit. Yeah, and and you had Cassidy who makes a cameo. He pops out of the trunk of a car, which you know I realize it now. I've seen the cameo on on, on Twitter now. He, his thing is he pops out of places. I never caught that before. You know, like yeah, when they, he just he's just at places randomly. That was the original gimmick. <laughs> You know, so now he's randomly popping out of the car. Maybe he came out of Brandy's freaking kitchen cabinet. That time there was a yeah. brawl in the bathroom, and when the bathroom door swung open, he was just there. It was just like no explanation whatsoever. Just in you know? 
or that time that uh, Kenny Omega was talking about how who was him and Hangman or someone who was whether they were better best friends. I forget who was in there, and he comes out of the bathroom from the trailer. He was just there. Yeah. So he has all these different things. So he pops out here. There he is and again. He catches uh, Santana with that is literally what they named it, Orange Punch. There you go. I like that. <laughs> I like that day. They could have called the Tang. <laughs> they could have called the Tang. They could have called the Tang, but you know, Orange Punch works. I like uh, how great would it be for Cassidy to hit two Hispanic guys with Tang? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like it would be like you know, thing. in hindsight, I feel like they did that because commentary would not be able to get through that spot. The only thing that would have been better is if we had a fucking character who hit Hispanic people with a finisher called fucking Malta or something. You know? <laughs> like we have, guy, black. Start, we have a guy. Every time he has, you know, he, this is what you do. This is what you do. You change the name depending on who he hits. If he hits a brother, <laughs> he hits someone sun kissed. <laughs> <laughs> Just start swinging wild. Fucking different. Change the change the genre. Look at that. It's it becomes. <laughs> Dude, you know how well that shit would not get over, but it would have gotten over ten years ago. People would have you loved know what? it. Damn it, it'd been funny. But yeah, I, I, what a missed opportunity for him. He's fighting oh, the two Spanish God. dudes, and he could have fucking punched them with Tang. Everybody knows that it's orange. You know what I mean? I would have popped if that dude would have called that oh shit Tang. Like yo, he hit them with Tang. You know what the bad part about it is the way this company is, and the fact that they listen to their fans. You didn't know people would suggest that shit. It might be a thing. No, because they want to stick away from anything that that's racially profiling, even if it's satirical or funny or whatever. They don't want to get yeah, heat. People yeah, going yeah, Twitter, they'll be like, "Look at this! This orange guy is hitting black. He, he's hitting Spanish people with tang. <laughs> he hit him with the orange Kool Aid. What the fuck?" <laughs> Like, if, and then if, oh, oh, forget yeah, it. If he hit, if, forget it. If it went from Tang when he's fighting them, but then next he fights a black guy and they call it Kool Aid, that, that's the end of that company. <laughs> like it would, it would have to have been Kool Aid first, and then even then we're we're, we're risking it. But for it to be Tang for them and Kool Aid for for someone who's black afterwards, we will be ending that gimmick really fucking fast. Oh. Yeah, if he hits, oh wow, imagine if he hits a black dude and what's to call it Fanta, orange Fanta. Oh, shit. This guy just wow. There's so much potential that we can't use uh-huh. in today's society because everyone would take so much. Snowflake, you know, just have some fun with it. Damn Missed it. opportunity there. Does anybody know for drinking Snapple? No, right? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> See what I mean? Nobody. <laughs> I had Snapple, to really think Snapple never had, ne- never won any race over. Look how fucking shitty they are. Just sn- have to smack the bottom of that so that all of the dry shit. So here's my, here's my question now: What do you get for Asian people? Because eventually you have to match with fucking Nakazawa. I don't know. That's a good oh, question. We're gonna have to figure this out. Is there orange bubble tea? There you go. I don't know. I don't think it's orange sake. So I, yeah. Oh my god. The sake to me? I don't know. The sake sake. <laughs> Who knows? Like I want this to be a bit so, so bad just for the fucking. Yeah, there's nothing like, Asian people that would have a punch in it. Right. <laughs> oh my god. She fucking puts them in a crossway chicken wing. They call it orange chicken. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, we have to stop. <laughs> we have to stop. But I do like, I do like the tang. I do like the tang punches with the I'm sand so stable. I'm not proud of that last one. Just for the sense of fun. It's not like they're not parodying race stuff. Like they have the chancleta, right? With the the Spanish slipper. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that. Like that's that's as much racial stereotyping as you can get. The fact that they break out the chancletas. They do Spanish shit all the time. Oh my god. So, you know. I'm just trying to give some ideas here to have some fun. So many you people know? out there forgot how to have fun. You're too busy trying to stand up for your rights and every kind of bullshit. Yeah. And, yeah. 
get out there and laugh. Jesus Christ. Anyway, the best friends go over. Good for them. And yeah, then, the and funny then, part uh, about it is, is uh, they had quite a send-off. Yeah, because uh, Sue pulls up in her van, and then she leaves, Yo, and she flips old. them the bird as she drives off in victory. You know what the funny thing about it is? Apparently, they had to, like, talk her into that part. Well, I'm glad she that she did it. And now that like, and now this, this leaves us with some really, really compelling questions, tinfoil theories, if you will, about what's going on here. Do you think that the cookie that Eddie Kingston was promoing on and ate was one of Sue's cookies? You stupid. <laughs> that was a Sue cookie, right? It could have been. That was one of the best friend's mom's cookies. How awesome is that? And it got a promo cut on it. It came full circle. Back to the oh, beginning of the show, we we're talking about the promo on the cookies. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. You know, there's continuity in this show. You just have to look for it. It's there. Mm-hmm. So NXT, as much as I enjoyed the fun we had with AEW, NXT was on fire this week. NXT had a wonderful, wonderful oh, show. Oh my god. Yeah, they put together their best stuff. There were some very strong matches going on here, some very memorable stuff. Uh, what exactly was the first match here? I'm trying to remember them in order. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do them in order. Oh, you know what? It was Shotzi Blackheart against Io Shirai. In a hard-hitting smash-mouth affair. Blackheart doesn't care at all about her her neck or her head. She takes all these wild German suplexes and crazy spots. She took one on the outside. She's always dropped directly on the back of her neck and head. As cool as it looks, she needs to be careful. This match was very brutal. Um, They definitely show her as a contender to be in a crazy takeover match at some point. Like that oh, is a yeah. good, solid worker there. You know, this that has everything girl. in it. Mm-hmm. It, it wound up confirming what my theory was. This match was literally like, okay, we're gonna throw this bitch in the deep end and see what happens. And she swung wild in this one. Yeah, and she took a. She lot was like, she really literally went into bumps. it with the mentality of, I don't care what happens, you fuckers are gonna remember this match. She took a lot of bad bumps, and then the exclamation point to knock the whole thing off was that finish where Io Shirai hits that moonsault and comes up short, and she eats it all knees. She takes that nasty knee moonsault I've seen for so many years, like she's just too short, and she need the utter shit out of her. Go back and look at that moonsault, man. It I felt so, so bad. fucking bad for her. She came down all knees right on her like a plank of wood. Oh. You heard the thud? Like, you got to be careful to get that upper body across them when you hit them. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, who am I talking to? It's fucking Io Shirai. You know, I know mistakes happen, but damn. As soon as I saw her coming up, it was like in slow motion. We're like, oh, no, she's not going to make it. <laughs> and she oh, hit no. that shit all knees on that poor girl, man. And so Shanti took like a really, Shanti took like a really fucking nasty beating. I like, I can't even believe, like, that this was just on a regular Wednesday NXT. That girl showed out like it was a takeover. And that last part may have not been intentional, but just it just added to the to the already badass whipping that she took. And she gave it, too. Don't get me wrong. She looks oh, great. Yeah. Looks freaking great. And then Io helps her up afterwards. Thank God, because I was wondering if she could move, you know, because it was just like the way she came down. Oh, woof. I know that happened right now. Shotzi's getting to the point where, like, she's going to start making people forget she even comes out on a tank. Because it's yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to roll on this tank, but I'm sure I'm going to go steal the show in the process. Like That was rough. She did as brutal and as crazy and as dangerous as this match was. That girl did unbelievable. Yeah. Like, 
they got into it more, but basically there's gonna be a battle royale next week to decide uh who EO's going to war with a takeover. If Shotzi wins that match, oh <laughs> Yeah, that is nuts. And uh anything else happened here relevant? You had uh Tommaso Ciampa, he he went against Desmond Troy. I don't know why. Yeah, it's feeding Ciampa somebody on the way back. That's kind of what they do every time Chompa comes back. They feed him a few people until they can find something to do with him. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, I pretty much think that was it. Nothing really relevant came of it, on the other hand, right? He just went yeah. over Chompa? Yeah, just that. And, um, so Jake Atlas showed up to deny, I guess, some involvement and some assault against Chompa. So it was like, but that was the I guess thing he's about ch- him. You, yeah, you he, he, he's challenging him to a match next week. You just reminded me about that. That's not the best way to start a strong promo. Didn't he say something like, you remember me? I'm the guy you beat up last week or some shit like that. No, he doesn't remember. Who says that? Me? (laughs) I'm the guy you beat up. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen him almost murder like six people since you've been gone. You just blended my guy. Like, what the fuck? Is that legit how you started this promo? (laughs) Is that supposed to intimidate him? That's like walking up to a musical organization with a fucking recorder. The only so thing that would have no made it worse is if he would have given that promo while he had like different bandages and wrappings on him, like a fucking cartoon character that got beat up. <laughs> you remember me? You know, like what in the world? Like I can't believe that that's your promo. Oh man, so that's one of those. To an ass woman, isn't it? That shit went from like just a regular situation to one of those when dad gets home fucking situations because <laughs> you gave him. You, that's the promo you did to him. Ooh. When dad gets home. <laughs> Like, are you crazy? (laughs) This man has killed people. (laughs) Yeah, like what? No one stopped that guy. What kind of a fucking promo was that? The bad part about it is, if if I'm looking at it from a kayfabe plan standpoint, nobody stopped him because they wanted to laugh and see how funny it was when he fucks up. Oh yeah, I can't wait either. Incredible. Call bets on this ass whooping. Most people would have been like, hope he forgot me. But that guy was like, no, remember me? He was like, you're not the first. Was that the one? He wasn't the one who was originally upside down, right? No, he was the first one. When Chompa first came back, he was the first one that got fucked up. The one that he was throwing against the barricade, right? Yeah. The one, oh, yeah, the, the upside one you, down guy. The one you thought you were trying to stuff him up against the ring, and he was like, nope, fucking hangman. Oh, yeah, no, him. That time, too. Yeah, see, there were different guys. The first one was the one he kept whipping from side to side till he was upside. I think that might have been Austin Theory. Right? Yeah, that was theory. Yeah, where he was just whipping him from side to side until yeah. his body was just permanently yeah, like upside theory down. Fucking theory and Atlas got two completely different ass weapons, but yeah, pretty much more of the same. The only difference is theory one's one's dumb enough to be like, "Hey, remember me?" There's so little to work with in that little area where they get beat up that you would think that those ass weapons would look more similar as opposed to like unique, and yet they're both so unique. Like one ass weapon has one guy upside down bouncing off of the barricades, and the other one has him getting like what was it? He got the catapult <laughs> from yeah, underneath the ring. He has mean? stuffed him on the ring, catapults in him. That should be a thing, you know. People should be really careful at that part when you get like towards the ramp near the ring. You know, you never know what might happen. One day we'll have a video package. It'll be like when Teddy Long used to introduce the Undertaker. To all these different people, it'll just be all, an all, all the different people that Tommaso Ciampa fucks up right when you get near the ring, like before you make it. All the different. It's always the, the same thing. spot. It's always the same spot. You never make it quite to the ring. Dead zone. This is like, oh, you go the Ciampa. Fuck. Most people get you at the top of the ramp where they just hit you in the so back of the head. Catches you right yeah. at the bottom. You know that's the best thing. Most people get you at the, bo- the top of the ramp where they run at the back and they go. Ugh. But nope, he waits for you to get to the ring. You're like comfortably because you're almost there. All you got to do is either slide in or take the steps. But nope. Dreams destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) 
no room for you, sir. We let you have most of your entrance just to whip your ass. Most of it. Oh, you won't get the part yeah. with the ring. And the funny thing is, we mentioned uh, Austin Theory. He was next. Yeah, Austin Theory. Now he's regressed back from being a Rollins disciple back to WWE NXT for Kushida to beat up. Yeah, he was a uh, Kushida's first victim back, and this is a more vicious Kushida than we'd seen. So this is almost seems like it was a message to Velveteen Dream that. Yeah, well, we need a more vicious Kushida right now. We need him to gain some momentum. Sometimes I forget he's in NXT. Yeah. Uh, we had Br- Brizango. I really like this. Brizango, they're awesome. Versus Imperium. And, uh, you know what, man? Finally, it seems like they're not high on those Imperium guys anymore, huh? They went from looking like, I remember when we first started seeing them, cause I never watched UK, but when they came over here, they looked like unstoppable. Like they were so protected. Like, you don't, like if you fuck with them, they're doomed. It was like the APA times two. You know, like, who's going to yeah. mess with these? And now they're just guys. It's weird. And you know what? I, I was never super high on them. I like the the format, like the four dudes, the way they stand, the music and shit, and the one main guy who's really strong yeah. and everything. But, but just was, them by themselves, it was all kind of... It kind of, but it it does surprise me that them by themselves come off more like they're just goons. You know what I mean? Like these guys aren't that serious. Like Brazango's a good team, yeah. but they really just kind of kick their asses. You know, they beat them up. They yeah. don't wrestle them. Like, yeah. When it comes to Imperium, I've always been more high on Walter and Alexander Wolf rather than Barcel and um Eichner. Like, yeah. So it's like when I saw these two win the tag titles, I was like, oh, I mean, I guess I give them something to do. But yeah, this was this was done really, really well. The finish is kind of hard to explain. So, uh, basically, who was it that was in the electric chair position? I believe it was. Um, uh, I believe it was Fandango, right? Was it Fandango? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Fandango. No, so basically, no, this is what what it is. Breeze is in electric chair position, and Fandango drop kicks his own partner in his back. It's essentially not even electric chair, more like powerbomb position. Like he was about to get powerbomb. Yeah, yeah, because they were were going for, uh, Imperium were going for that tag team powerbomb finish. He was going for a powerbomb, and then instead, what basically winds up happening is, uh, I believe Fandango drop kicks Breeze in the back, which then makes him go forward to Eichner who's set up in the corner and uh then Breeze winds up pushing Bartel off of the top and he hits a Hurricane Rana on Eichner and then he pins him so there was like a little clever teamwork thing that happened there I don't know if you follow what I said but just go back and watch it was really well done a, a lot happened at once but it was pretty crazy yeah I like when it's a finish that's so unique that like you know you've never seen a finish like that before you know I thought that was a, a very cool display of teamwork there Yeah, you know uh what else was there? We had the uh, the North American Championship. Um, yeah, Damian Priest and Timothy Thatcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, Damian Priest winds up going over here. Yep, uh, business as usual, the reckoning. Mm-hmm, spinning heel kick uh, into the reckoning for a three count. Yeah, very physical match, but it's as physical as we expected to. I mean, it's freaking Timothy Thatcher who've been stretching people left and right, and then this Damien fucking priest. <laughs> yeah, who uh, who might now be on the main roster, right? No, not 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 priest. No, That's, no uh, priest isn't one of the guys. No, no, yeah, no. You think I'm Dijah Kohova witness? I thought they, I thought also I thought it was both of them though. Oh, no, no. I, I, that wouldn't make sense considering he's North American champion. Yeah, that's true. You have a point. I don't know. Who, I I I didn't think that we unveiled all the members. Well, we're gonna get to that next. 
I thought they would be. I, I think they. I think they unveiled the only ones that are actually gonna matter. Yeah, don't get ready, guys, because we're gonna talk about Raw and SmackDown leading into this upcoming Sunday's pay per view poll that I'll be linking you to in the chat room. We'll be going over the new matches that have been added and everything else. That being said, Dynamite had eight eighty eight hundred eighty six thousand viewers. NXT had six hundred eighty nine thousand viewers. So almost two hundred thousand different viewer difference. Uh, AEW did one point sixteen million. The week before that, as we told you before. So, uh, once again, AEW's on top here. Good for them. Yeah, still winning it. So, SmackDown, anything they want, you want to talk about in regards to SmackDown? I actually saw SmackDown before Raw. Uh, and, yeah, it was okay. You know, I don't know what... Yeah, it was kind of... It was pretty much business as usual for the most part. One thing, right out of the gate, I called it near again. Did you know? <laughs> Which one? Um, The city situation with the intercontinental championship oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they basically had um aj styles and Sami Zayn in a match and what was crazy is after everything god basically falls apart <laughs> this was wild because yeah it was, i think um aj rolled up zane uh, and got the win but jeff hardy comes out and i think he, i like i like how he did this because he started to pull out a table but they put it back and they pulled out a ladder and just basically beat everybody up with a ladder. And um, Zane basically dodged a swanton from the top of a ladder. And Jeff basically said, for this match to really go down, I love how he uses exact wording, we have to escape normal. So basically, at Class of Champions, we are going to have a three-way ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. So that's going to be something we're going to be voting on in a little while, probably in under 15 minutes, if not sooner, because we're poll at the end of the show here but uh yeah so that's something that happened also uh what else stood out to me i don't want to uh, sasha down. we heard from sasha as well yeah sasha gave an interview about her situation with bailey and <laughs> bailey ambushes her during this interview and she put her neck back Can into the chair she was ready to double down on kicking her ass everybody goes like no 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 <laughs> yeah everybody went to uh Went to get her away. They saved her from like a double death. I thought she was going to get the, uh, the freaking rich swan. Oh, God. Well, like I'm injured from my injury. Then I got injured after I was injured. Fucking Sasha. Can you handle this? Can you handle <laughs> Yeah, but Sasha, oh, she gave God. a little half, uh, heartfelt interview before it got interrupted. And, uh, yes, yeah. Bailey took her off. So this is definitely becoming a blood feud. That's what they want. Oh, yeah. This is good. When they finally lock up, this is going to be brutal. Uh, another thing that stood out to me was um, we had Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans at a match because we had the moment of bliss. And Lacey Evans, because she's magically a heel again, comes out and basically just starts trying to pick it, um, pick at the both of them. It turns into a match. No shock. Cross goes over with uh, the swinging neck breaker, a.k.a. the purge. But what stuck out about this was after the match, Lacey goes up to the, um, to the commentary table it pretty much starts screaming at Bliss. She asked, where's her purse? But what was key about this was a specific thing she said. She was like, well, you got to go to The Fiend. And the second she said The Fiend, Bliss went Oh, my God, my God, Alexa's got Lacey right here in front of us again. And a sister Abigail to Lacey Evans. So it seems like saying The Fiend is going to be the trigger. It's almost like a sleeper cell type situation. That's so shit. Yeah, <laughs> I do not like that. Why so would why? they do that? 
why is it need to be a trigger word? Why can't it, like why a is she not just like that all the time? Start hitting people with this. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the episode of the old 80s Ninja Turtles where they hypnotize Shredder to become Michelangelo. Oh, God. And every time they said the word Michelangelo to a room Shredder was in, he would start oh. acting like Michelangelo. So you had Shredder in the suit saying stuff like Kawabanga and eating pizza and he was high-fiving them and hanging out with them and he didn't realize that he was Shredder. Oh. And then the only reason he turns back is because they were like in a pizzeria or something. And he was like, oh, dude, there's some cheese in the shredder. And then when he said it, he turned back into shredder. Oh, the God. You remember that shit? And then like yeah. shredder had like oh. this big elaborate setup. I don't remember. It was years ago, but he had like this machine at the end, uh, that he was going to destroy whatever his nefarious plan was. I'm just so before mad he did I it, remember that. Before he did it, they called him Michelangelo again. And then he was like, and then they were like, Michelangelo, the machine, waste it. And then you see shredder grab like a laser beam and he starts destroying everything. And he's like, turtle power. And he's fucking this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember laughing as a kid, like fucking shredders destroying things with turtle power. We have a trigger word. Now we're gonna have Alexa Bliss who thinks she was. She's the fiend now. Fiend. Yeah, I, I don't even know. And then what do you say? You say Alexa Bliss to turn her back to normal? I yo, if that turns out what it is next week, I swear to God. Boo! Oh, 80s, this is why we can't have nice things curse. You terrible, terrible writers, you with your fucking adolescent <sighs> storylines. I don't even know what the hell that is, May ninety. Boo. But they didn't leave it there. Because nope. after the show, they had more Alexa Bliss. And they just want, I guess, to fucking freak you out a little bit. So, uh, you got this. Alexa, can I get a minute? Alexa, can you tell us what happened out there? Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> oh no you know what the bad part about it is when i saw the guy walking in the background i was like i wonder who they oh no it's just random crew guy yeah it's somebody for a freaking lance archer to beat up <laughs> that's the one that made it away i bring tails of a man with a red mohawk oh god <laughs> don't let's not forget about otis he gets payback on the myth for having mandy transferred now that the myth has <laughs> power and uh, this was weird, to say the least. You know, this little vengeance thing we had going on here. Otis is not done yet, it appears, uh, Corey. Otis is going right after Miz again. Enough is enough, Otis. Miz trying to crawl away. Look at that. He pulls him. Oh, now, uh, Look at that. Oh, oh, no. We're going to get, get a nudie moment. A nudie oh, moment. No. Well, Otis apparently the, look at that. Put him in his tidy whities man. Tidy whities on the oh, Miz. Goodness. It's not much higher of Miz's fashion Damn. choices than Tiny Whitey's. Well, nonetheless, Miz uh, extremely embarrassed tonight. Corey, you can't say he didn't deserve it. Be careful with those things, man. You fuck around and see I'm punking them bitches. It's all over. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that, but sure, I guess that would be a problem, hey, too. You know, we got to be realistic, all right? <laughs> you see I'm punking those. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking... What? You Pepsi punch them motherfuckers. It's all over. <laughs> So, uh, my favorite part of SmackDown, like I know we're going out with mentioning things that happened. My favorite part of SmackDown had to be Biggie. Oh my God. Biggie beats this guy up that set him up from last week with the car and he beats him so bad. That was all. That was a three A enough. Give me five ass whooping. 
he beat him so bad that they weren't fast enough to even begin to stop it. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna look at Luba. This is so cool. Watch. So, so look <laughs> at the greatest phrase ever. Yeah. Oh! Look at this. No, you are not. No. no. You want to play? Look at yeah, exactly. Let's King play. Quest took the words out of my mouth. I was going there. Damn, he, he took it. <laughs> oh, dude, I was copping on this. Look at the fucking whipping he gave this guy. You wanna set me? I don't know your name. I'm gonna call you Larry. I'm gonna call you Larry. I'm gonna call you Larry. I'm writing it down. Dude, I'm gonna call you Larry. I love it. Don't fuck with him, Larry. They just now get here. Alright, this time it's too late. No matter what happens. Come on. Yo, the way he kept slapping him too. He slapped him so many times. Professional slaps. I ain't done yet. Don't sleep on me. I need to be conscious for this motherfucker. It ain't enough for me. And he puts him in the trunk. Look at that. He put him away. He puts his toys away when he's done playing with him. <laughs> yeah, shit. That's how you do it. Finish the ass with him. I love that. That's fantastic. That is how you end an ass whipping. You close the trunk. That's when that shit is over. That motherfucker said, You will not be seen again, Larry. Goodbye. Bye, Larry. And then, and now your watch is over. <laughs> Larry's actually an indie wrestler named uh, Kennedy Kendrick, but uh, he'll always be Larry to me after that. Yeah, that motherfucker's Larry forever. He you better change Larry. his name, motherfucking indie Larry. You are Larry. That motherfucker get way more bookings that way. After that ass whipping, my dude, you are Larry, and I love that. And anyone who's a longtime listener to this knows that ever since FCW, I've been the biggest Big E Mark. The first time I saw him come out in his first appearance in FCW, this he's one of the few cases, and I've said this story before, where I insta-popped. I was like, wow, holy shit. It was like, that is awesome. And then he had, that's when he had that five gimmick, and I love that yeah. too. I remember even people who weren't as into wrestling as me, I would show me like, you got to check out this guy. And I was like, this guy is the future. And I show him, and I wasn't entirely right. Not that he's not successful, but like the, the push that I saw for him was, was more like the monster that he was being pushed at at the time. It was such a convincing monster gimmick, you know? And then, I mean, not too long ago, WWE uploaded on their YouTube channel when he and Rollins went at it in NXT for the title when he won. Yeah. This dude. Yeah, I haven't seen that Biggie in a long time. Yeah, and and I really, really dug him back then. Like he was, he was my reason for oh, watching yeah. FCW and then uh NXT. You know, like he he was definitely like I I popped for him because I knew for a fact like he's one of those people that you just knew you had a guy that was that good. You know, yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And he's another guy that we went through the same thing we're going through with uh, Keith Lee, where he had really good music, and then we, and then like they kind of ruined it. Yeah, because his NXT music at I'm a Soldier was great. Yeah, it, was, I mean, was that in, was that enough. I need five was all right, but it wasn't. It didn't have that same impact to it. Yeah, was that uh, 
was was that in, in NXT? I only remembered in FC Dub. I, didn't, I never remember if it uh if it carried. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm a soldier. That one made it to NXT because that's the song that he was uh, using when he won the title. Okay, so he had it for a while. It was on main event. I started seeing that other shit. Which you know what? It never made sense when they gave him three ain't enough. I need five because in the main roster and on main event, he never used the five gimmick. So they gave him this thing that wasn't even like it didn't make sense. You know, it didn't connect with anything he did. It would have been cool if they waited for him to use it, which they never did. You exactly. Know? Let's see if I can find that first one. Yeah, it's a great song. Let me see. I might have found it. We find it right at the same time too. Yes. Uh name of it is i can't keep still so if you found that one as the one i was trying to find the uh i'm more or less trying to find the actual full entrance you know what i mean oh yeah you're looking for his full entrance like okay. i want to see him come out with it what shoot is one easy way to do that is uh Let's find the clip might. from the match because i can find the timestamp for you i might have Let's one here yeah i think i have one give me a sec i know we're live folks sorry about that but hey Sometimes we do it live. We, they know this by now. And if they don't know this, well, now you know. And knowledge is power. Is, is this it? Give me a sec here. It's it, but I just have to get to the part where it come where he comes out. That is a badass entrance. That's another thing that I really miss too. You know. Oh, dude, it's bone chilling. Sometimes when that song come on, you get hype. Tough as they come. He's going up against Derek Bateman, EC3. Oh, this was already three ain't enough. See, that sucks. Yeah. See, he did have three ain't so, enough in NXT. Yeah, they, they must have changed it like near when he was starting to come up. But this one I got for you, it was from uh, the Rollins Big E match. It took about uh, 49 seconds, I believe. Let me get that one in the chat real quick. Yeah, I thought that would be the one. Yeah, see, three ain't enough. I need five wasn't that good of a song. Yeah, so yeah, I just got it right in the chat. Go to about the 49 second mark. And it's it, okay. it, not only was it a great song, the entrance fit that song perfect. Okay, let me try to load this up on the, uh, the Tron over here. Hold on. You already know what's going to try to happen, right? Right. Don't you do it. Don't freaking do it. Yeah, no, they can't do it. So how far am I going? No. Uh, 49 seconds. Okay. That's like right, right when he's about to come out. Okay, you got it. Chip intact. I'm a soldier. Yeah, this was the one. What a cool entrance, right? And he had one of the more unique entrances I've seen with like the chalk on his hands. I'm switching. The chalk was one of my favorite things about it. The cool part about it is, is uh, in his, I can't remember which game it was. In his first game, they kept it so detailed with the chalk thing on his hands in the match. Yeah, look how fucking cool that is. That's some scary shit to see walking down the ramp. Yeah. That motherfucker was scary. When I first saw this, I just popped. I was like, yes, this is pretty much the kind of... If I'm going to... If you're going to have a big man, this is the kind of big man that I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Not the not the hokey big man that they give you in WWE. There's like a convincing ass whipping right here. You know? And he was laying out really convincing Parts about this is part of the scariest part of the entrance is when it gets on the apron, he does a ton from there. Yeah, that's a scary shit. Submission wrestler, all round competitor, the very first NXT champion. I'm a like, yeah, this was dope. And like I said, this is this is how you use a big man. I like his moves, Ted. I've always no liked what he does. Like, I was okay with it. You can't bend his arms, you, you can't know? bend his neck. Like, part of the I'm telling you, I, I see that. that makes like, when I saw that, it was like I was convinced with this guy, you know? <laughs> what do you do? 
Well, if, if you can't, you know, he he is excellent. You know, so I mean, I still, you know, what I'm not going to discredit the. Uh, I love the New Day stuff, and you know that, like, especially because as a gamer and as someone who who likes humor and stuff, I, it could have went either way. It's not like the Brodus thing where I was devastated. Where I was like, wait, who's coming yeah. out? I thought that we had the. Uh, if I, the, you know? what I like about the about the New Day stuff is it showed how diverse he is as a character. Yeah, it did. The fact that he can go from that to the goofiness we see nowadays, that's some talent. Yeah, because he was killing people, you know? I remember he fived somebody like three times. I forget who it was, but he he fived somebody like three times at the end of their feud. They finally had (laughs) the blow-off match, and he hit them with the big ending, and he looked around, and he was like, five, and he just picked his corpse up, and he kept doing it. It was like at the end of those Marvel games back in there where you could hit the start button and keep beating up the corpse. Like, he really wrecked somebody. We have to go back and find who it is, because it's going to be on the network. But, uh, you know, that that's something... You know, and then obviously the way WWE is when when it became three ain't enough, I need five. I felt the same way with Keith Lee, where it was like, really, man, you took away all this shit, and now this guy's here, and uh, I I really felt like he never recovered. He never became that big E again, which is why with Keith Lee, I sort of writing on the wall where it's like they're gonna it's gonna be a watered down version of uh of what we wanted yeah. to get. Unfortunately, but Lee got it even worse because like uh, I it, I don't know, it, man. It, it, I, mean, I feel like at least with Big E, three ain't enough. I need five. It didn't fit as well. But it's like if that was the first thing you'd ever heard from, it's like okay, that works. And then you hear his old music, and it's like, oh, this is even better. You hear Keith leaves now, and it's like, what the fuck did they find this guy? Yeah, I don't remember if that was during that uh that bounty. My timeline's a little crossed there, but I do remember. I just told a lot of people at the time because remember, it wasn't like now where we had the network. You had to look on YouTube and Daily Motion and in the pits of the internet to find these FCW matches. You know, like we were super marks back then. I'm not using mark in a negative way, but we were looking all over to find Evolve, and that's back when there wasn't too much wrestling to watch and a podcast to do. We would try to find whatever. I would watch Shimmer and Shine and Pay Forward and PWG. But I remember whenever I would find an FCW, it was like gold. It was like, oh shit, you know, like we get to watch Rollins, who was Tyler Black, we knew him as, and uh, Cesaro had just gotten there, and it became a really exciting time. But Big E, I remember, was one of those guys that when I saw him, it was like, holy shit, they got like one of the best people that they can possibly get. They hit the jackpot. Like, it would just look like dollar signs. And it's just hard to envision now. Like, I get it. They did the cartoony thing that helped get everybody over. But like, I saw crazy money. You know oh. what I mean? Like he, yeah, he's funny and he does a little preacher thing, good and everything. But when you just saw an intimidating guy like that come out there, it was perfect. And this sort of brought like me back that, on SmackDown. You know, that, that's what made this ass whooping he dished out on this guy so good. It was the first time in years we've seen that Biggie again. Yeah, I miss the aggressive Biggie. You can still be fun and you can have fun as long as he doesn't Big Show it. Where Big Show would be like, I'm funny too, walk a walk a walk, and he would do weird shit. You know, but I mean, this guy he's genuinely funny, and then he has that tough side to him. So I, I like seeing that again, and. Honestly, even when I look back, and I don't want to sound like a freaking wrestling elitist or anything, but as good as NXT is, it's just something that's just not the same as when it was FCW and when it just felt like this hidden thing. You know what I mean? That it was just like this cool thing that only people like. It was like the in wrestling to watch that you knew the guys from Ring of Honor, and it didn't have all this pressure to it either. And I guess one other thing, all the eyes of the world weren't on it, so there wasn't all this over criticizing of it, and it also wasn't over commercialized with like trying to, you know, do get certain things over. You go back and look; it had like a little bit more of an indie feel to it, and I kind of missed that, you know. Um, and it's taking nothing away of the, from the current class. But back then, it was like a new and exciting thing. Like, we genuinely didn't know watching it what was going to happen. Like, I wasn't thinking at that time, man, I wonder if these guys are going to go up. There was no go up. It was a different, it was freaking something different. You know, they weren't even fully connected at the time with the main WWE brand. And it just felt like an alternative. 
And uh, I really appreciated it for what it was, you know, because it got me through a tough time and it got me through a time when we had that other NXT going on. Where, oh. You know, we had game shows and crazy shit that was on there. And I even watched that because I was so, so into the product, you know, like I, I over I was over enthusiastic, I would say, prior to podcasting for my whole life, probably since the early 80s about the product and it's only now that i'm starting to see things where it's like you know what as critical as we used to be it's like now we're really looking at things like this shit needs to be better you know oh yeah and it's um it's a shame it's it's a damn shame that stuff like that happens but smackdown they're still doing good uh and we and the biggie has pushed it's almost what has it been a decade not if not more this pushes like a decade late if it's even a push yeah it was a single really, one yeah i don't really call beating up larry a push like it's entertainment sure but he just beat up larry it's like at the start. Yeah. 1.954 million views on this SmackDown, 0. 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. They are down from the 2.286 million they had the last week, the 0.6 rating. They were up 0. 0.6 in the 18 to 49, though, so that's a little bit more important for them than does the actual number. Um, anything else in the SmackDown before we move on you wanted to talk about? I remember if there's anything um, else relevant that happened. I mean, yeah. I mean, they had they had the main event, the Samoan street fight, but that was about it. Cesaro versus Grand Metallic. Like, maybe I have to go back and pay better attention to this match, but apparently reports are coming in that Vince McMahon hated the match so much that he wanted them to go home during the commercial break. For anyone that's known wrestling terms, that means that they wanted you to pin the other guy and get out of here. <laughs> he didn't like it. I don't know what happened. I have to go back and watch. Sometimes there's just certain things that don't click with the old man. Cesaro versus Grand Metallic was one of those things. I saw Grand Metallic put up a picture of him with his mask removed that says goodbye. I don't know if. Oh no, that was uh, that was Lindsay Dorado. Oh, that was Lindsay. Okay, I'm sorry, wrong guy. Yeah. Wrong. Guy. I don't know. I confused them, but you know. They all they all look cute and cuddly with masks on. You can't tell the difference some days. Yeah, yeah. Cesaro went over. We had the moment of bliss, right, with Nikki Cross, which we don't really have to talk too much about because that just went into our. Uh, into the Nikki Cross Lacey Evans match that ended with the uh, Nikki Cross going over and the sister Abigail. You know, we really talked about the Sasha Banks interview. Um, was there anything else? Oh yeah, the main thing was Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. They had their match against Sheamus and King Corbin. They had the Samoan Street fight. Um, yeah, which basically and then Roman hitting uh, Sheamus with a spear, and then Jay immediately follows up with a with a with a splash. Yeah, brutal smash mouth, no DQ match, which ends, and then the bro- the well, the siblings or the relatives embrace with Jay Uso and Roman Reigns hugging. But then after he leaves and everything, like Roman stays in the ring and he has like this mean scowl on his face, like fuck that guy. I like the way they did that because Jay couldn't see it. Jay was too busy walking up the ramp celebrating all the while. Roman's looking like I am about to run your shit so bad at this pay-per-view. And you see, that's the one aspect of this that I don't like. Like, I like it on Roman's side, but I don't like that they just make Jay look like a big, naive goof. You know what right. I mean? Like, this street like, smart gimmick that he has. Wouldn't you be more concentrated you know on your cousin? Like, when they became the Uso penitentiary, they became, like, these street smart thugs. They'd watch their backs, and you know what I mean? they cover their six, all that kind of shit. And now it's kind of like, you know, Roman's here. You guys have been hardcore this whole time, and you, you're skipping and dancing with him, and you're smiling like, thanks, cuz. I'm going to get to the other match with you, cuz. It's like, don't make him so goofy. You know what I mean? I'm glad that he's getting the run that he's getting, but you need a little bit more in regards to uh, making this a little bit more uh, serious, I think. Yeah. You know, maybe if Roman turns full heel during this pay-per-view and he beats the shit out of him, even when the match is over, he destroys him to the point that, you know, he'll get serious. But I'm worried that the Jey Uso is just going to be a stepping stone in the storyline and it won't be a thing where he gets his ass whipped and then he starts taking this seriously. It'll be a thing where he gets his ass whipped and then someone else is going to step up and be like, you shouldn't have whipped that guy's ass that way. And then he'll just be I, I can out see of that more being where it is. 
You know what I mean? And that's the end of Jay. And now whoever the real feud is going to be or the next guy is going to not be. I don't know if it'll be Jimmy. We don't know where Jimmy is. He might be injured. I think Jimmy's injured, isn't he? Yeah, injured or suspended. It's always one or the other. At one point, didn't the toy used to come out with a crutch and a cast of the of the two of them? That's how often they were fucking injured, that the literal toy in the packaging includes crutch and cast. I'm not even joking. We used to have the pictures on here. You have to bite them with the fucking injury accessories. You know, so probably injured. (laughs) I hate to say that, you know. (laughs) Uh, mean about it uh so ross we're gonna go to raw now right we're done with smackdown yes thank god anyway so uh (laughs) (laughs) so raw we'll we'll start with last week's raw 1.689 million viewers uh so they were up in the ratings during the during football so look at that 0.50 18 to 49 demographic they were so worried that they managed to get the product over can't even believe it it's all, it has to be because of Raw Underground. I think that's what does it all for them. Oh. So Retribution is in the ring. And apparently what happened here was WWE decided that in order to stop these outsiders from coming and invading the company, they would give them contracts. Right? <laughs> am I hearing this correctly? Yeah. Am I, am I hearing this correctly? I'm going to repeat exactly this one more is. time. People attacked the company from the outside, came into the ring and attacked wrestlers and caused riots and vandalized. So the storyline is that in order to prevent this from happening, WWE gave them contracts. That's so a good now idea. They can just walk I in the ring. They can just walk in the building with no resistance. Idea. That's fantastic booking, thinking, <sighs> writing. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with you sending out the message to your crazy fans that all you have to do is vandalize and fuck shit up and try to attack your wrestlers. And then that might get you a contract, just like the last performance center stalker thought, right? No, all you got to do is attack. Look, these guys were such a mess. You know, these guys wrecked things and fucked things up so badly and attacked people that we had to give them contracts. Isn't that the most brilliant fucking idea that this company has ever come up with? And even in the storyline of it, you're telling me that the mighty Vince McMahon, the McMahons in this company, with everyone that they have, the only thing that they could do against these outsiders was give them contracts. Is this where the writing is now? Like, you are you fucking I mean, serious? We, we, we've clearly seen that the, their security is hot garbage. So at this point, what else do you do? You write something better than that. Jesus Christ. You wrote that they beat themselves into fucking contracts. That's the best you could give this stable. I'm surprised they gave that good. Who fucking came up with that? That's the worst oh, idea I've ever yeah, heard. Right, wait, wait. I know who did it. Who came up with it was the same person who came up with their mask. And that's another thing. So now they got their freaking Mortal Kombat mask, right? So who is it in it now? They revealed themselves. It's me. It, it, let's see. Apparently, that wasn't me Yim because that was a disguise. That was Yim. Oh, yeah, because someone in the chat room was like, oh, I recognize her because of the voice. Like, like you can't cl- clearly see. All she's wearing is a mask around her face. It's not freaking Jade from Mortal Kombat. So it was Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez. Who else? Dio Madden. Uh, D- yeah, Dio Madden, who's fucking massive. Uh, Dijakovic and Shane Thorne. But, you know, Shane Thorne, who used to be Keith Lee's tag team partner in Ring of Honor, right? No, no, yeah. I'm thinking of the wrong guy, right? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, wait, no, you're... Ooh. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I was thinking no, that, you, no, that was, that was Shane Taylor. Yeah, that was Shane Taylor. I was thinking, imagine yeah, him in a match. We wouldn't know who that guy is, right? No, Shane Thorne was from uh, freaking... Uh, he, he was from the Mighty, the Mighty Don't, Don't Neo, which then Neo, and then he was Doug's Yeah, exactly. Doug. We called him Doug because that guy was a nobody. Dio Madden, you know what? He hasn't been had that much exposure in WWE. Like, even with the mask off, most people probably didn't know who that was. It was like, oh, it's that guy. But then everybody remembers, oh, that was the guy that got F5 into oblivion by freaking Brock that one time. Yeah. So a company that doesn't allow you under your contracts to stream video games or have T-shirts will let you vandalize their property, destroy them, threaten them and everything. And then you get contracts with that. 
you know it's just kind of weird um so i don't know that they they did that entire really weird thing the other thing i don't like about it is uh it's kind of weird and i kind of have to see how this plays out before i pass too much judgment on it the one thing i got to give the writing credit for is this sort of entwining all of the different storylines into one big storyline which if you recall during the attitude era aside from the, the the edgy atmosphere that was one of the things that worked that there were different characters and different storylines that would sort of mix up together like you had a uh, you know just to give some examples like when when Mark Henry and China were dating. Mark Henry was still in the nation and China was still in the X, but they had that side storyline where the two of them were doing different things together, you know, but that stable still remained. You know, you would have like certain things that would branch off into other things and then it would all come full circle, which would make more feuds and shit happen. It's a smart way of booking. And I like the fact that everything sort of seems to entwine here. Um, but with the, it's strange with the hurt business because it's almost like they're baby faces against retribution, but they're still heels against Ricochet and Apollo Crews. You know, and they literally go back and forth because when they wrestle the retribution, they're wrestling as baby faces. But then when they're going up against, uh, you know, these guys, Ricochet and, and them, they're, they're heels again. So it's interesting to do that. They're more like shades of gray, which is another attitude era token thing to do. But I, I have to see how I feel about it. You know? Yeah. It's different. I haven't seen this in a long time, but eh, never know where to go. Yeah, uh, I do like the idea of Dominic Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo together as a tag team. They have a good look together. They look like they would be a tag team, like even if they didn't know each other. Um, yeah. That, be- that being said, uh, the other guys went over the the practically disbanded tag team, which doesn't make any sense. Fucking to me. Garza uh, and Andrade. Garza and Andrade, which I know for a fact they're high on Garza. That's exactly the kind of guy that they wanted first to represent Mexico. Um, I know they don't like Andrade. That he's already. I could tell without even looking into it, but I've also heard this that he he's not as over as uh, Garza. He's just not as charismatic as a as a freaking you know Garza. No, Garza just naturally charismatic by himself. Like. Yeah, so it's a shame that they're wasting this pay per view for their breakup because obviously there'll be a miscommunication in this pay per view, and uh you know they'll be done because Alina Vega's already done. She's no longer a part yeah. of that stable. She's gone off and she's doing her own thing. She had enough of them. She walked off. Um, so that happened there. As a matter of fact, Zelina Vega, she had a match, um, against Asuka. I mean, not against Asuka, against, uh, who the hell was her match against? It was, oh, it was against freaking, uh, Mickey James. Mickey James, yeah. Right. Which surprisingly, and, this, and, and this was the decide who got Asuka at Clash. Exactly. And surprisingly, though, she goes over with the backstabber. Um, I know they're not pushing Mickey James or anything, but damn, you know, I was just a little bit surprised about that. One thing that we're hearing a lot, though, is that Vince McMahon is high on Zelina Vega. You know, like this isn't just a coincidence that this kind of stuff is happening. Like Vince has said that he that she reminds him of his own daughter, apparently. And, uh, you know, he said to her, according to her, that she's one of the most entertaining things about Raw and one of his favorite characters to watch. And I know a lot of people are questioning this by me saying it. You're like, what? That almost doesn't make any sense. I'm starting to feel like Vince McMahon has a specific type when it comes to these kind of women, because I kind of felt the same way people are reacting now to Zelina Vega with AJ Lee, where AJ Lee was over. But suddenly Vince said the exact same thing. He was like, her character is one of the best things about Raw. And it was out of nowhere. It was just like he suddenly was really high on her. He suddenly thought she was the face of the company. And then suddenly we went from having AJ Lee regular skipping down the ramp to having general fucking manager AJ Lee, who was in every single segment doing all of the thing, booking all of the matches, controlling the storylines. And it was like you clearly knew that this came from Vince. So he seems to like these small Puerto Rican women, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yet this is exactly this is like deja vu for me hearing this uh, hearing this story, you know. 
It's just funny. I just, I just see that similarity there. And I don't think Zelina Vega would just come out and say that Vince said all these things unless he really said them, you know? So, uh, you know, but also working out for her though. Yeah. She was on, uh, she was on Devon's, uh, podcast. I believe it's called Table Talk. And she talked about it a little bit. I'm going to let you hear some of it here and I'm going to link you guys to the whole thing. It's, it's weird because I, I say that too. I'm like, you know what? If, if quarantine didn't happen, not saying that I wouldn't have had these opportunities, but maybe it would have taken a little bit longer. And, um, you know, also Becky's having her baby, you know, um, there's there's people that are not here. So that just leaves spots to, to fill. And for me, I'm like, I'm always like, you know what, give me the ball. And if I drop it, screw me, but you lose nothing. So I, and I was always ready for that, you know? And I think it it started with, um, with Drew and we had that back and forth. I was like, man, he's like my other promo half. He's just, it was perfect. Whenever it happened, it was just, it was magic with him. And, uh, it's interesting because before even quarantine happened you know vince would always say like you're one of my favorites you're one of the reasons that i watch raw i love i love your character and it was such an honor to hear that because one of the things that he used to say to me was you remind me of stephanie because she was always working out there you're 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 a cutaway machine i love that about you and i'm telling you when first of all i almost i was like are you serious? Like legit (laughs) i was like ready to cry like this is i was like i love stephanie she's a huge inspiration when it comes to me and uh and the selena character but it's um it's wild to think that if if this quarantine didn't happen i wonder i wonder where i would be i wonder if you know i'd be getting a women's a raw women's title shot against oscar you know you know i think this quarantine has its good and has its bad and i think yeah. a lot of- yeah so this is definitely someone they hire this isn't just a random throwaway match it'd be interesting if they would actually have oscar drop that title since they're hiring her right now you know i've seen spontaneous shit like this before she went over mickey james clean you know and she's doing good out there yeah you know i don't know i'm interested to see what happens now that she's basically on her own yeah but you know we got angel garza on her own which that's probably going to lead to a breakup uh i would just hope they hurry up and do it already because i'm sick of the teasing (laughs) Like they've come to blows numerous times. That's the part. It wouldn't be that bad if they were just constantly teasing and constantly teasing it. We've seen these guys will just swing on each other. Yeah. So, so you uh, kind of can't come back from that. No. So then we had the Kevin Owens show, which ironically, Shane McMahon, one of his biggest enemies, is on there. And the whole reason he wanted him on there was he wanted to bring out that Dabakato guy. Uh, because he had a problem with him from around the ground, which he slaps the Kato out of his name like we were joking around in the chat room. He slapped <laughs> the shit out of him. This guy was red like a samurai showdown character with the meter all the way up. Like, he slapped <laughs> the shit out of him. <laughs> all Kato. That motherfucker slapped all... No Daba, all Kato. He beat the Daba Kato out of him. It was ridiculous. Uh, what else did we have happen there? Braun shows up because they also have heat from doing the Raw Underground thing. You know, uh, I guess Braun's going to be a regular. Plug that main event match. He's double dipping because now he's going to be on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Retribution was all over the place. Titus O'Neil and Humberto got beat up by these guys. Uh, what else happened? Drew McIntyre had his match against against Keith Lee, which Keith Lee, his credibility, his stock's already dropping because first he loses, oh. even though they're not counting it as losses. He has a full match against Randy Orton that ends with the RKO. And he was about to be covered. They didn't protect he basically him. lost. They didn't protect him by having Drew McIntyre come in with the Claymore because you're not getting up. You were RKO'd. That was the finish to the match. They had you have a whole match and the finish. Now, this week, the same shit basically happened. He gets Claymored, right? 
which was the end of the match. And, and then Orton comes and out. Orton hits him with a chair. So they basically, without saying it, showing that both of these guys would have beat Keith Lee. Any wrestling fan with eyes that looks at the structure of the match knows that was the finish. So you didn't save him by not covering him. Like, yeah, I guess in some senses you did, but in other senses you didn't. You know? You didn't put the loss on his record, but you basically made it clear the loss was coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else did we have happen here? Uh, uh, we had Oscar and Peyton Royce in a match. Yeah, Oscar and Peyton Royce had a match, and you know what? That match to me—they're also diminishing the uh, the quality of the Iconics breakup, which to me was a total waste. Because usually, when yeah, you want to, why are they still up, hanging around as friends? Yeah, for dramatic effect, you should have had one turn on the other. One literally whipped the other one into the raw underground ring to get her ass kicked, and then you just kind of kayfabe that away. And now they're just friends again. That even though we're not iconic anymore in a tag team, we're still friends. But the reality is, there were a lot of times that you guys were in singles matches where one was on the ringside, just accompanying the other as a valet. Which, if you're no longer the iconics, you shouldn't be allowed to do that because Degeneration yeah. X wasn't a tag team. People think of it because the Midlife Crisis version, for some reason, was a tag team. But when they were first formed, they were doing their own things. First of all, Triple H was a mid carder. He was going for the European and IC titles, and uh, Shawn Michaels was the world event guy. He was the the top guy going up against brett and going up against stone cold and people like that so it's weird that they're defining the breakup by they can't tag team together anymore and yeah, don't get it i remember i remember freaking way back in dna when triple x broke up you didn't see christopher daniels and elix skipper buddy buddy hanging around every week you didn't see them in the same room for years that's how yeah. a breakup works they break up yeah but not here not here because they can't think of anything to do with them now that they're broken up. So they just have to keep them together. They just did that for the shock value. That wasn't even shocking because they did it poorly. And now they're just keeping them together because it's easier. It's harder to write two separate people. So fuck it. So whatever. Uh, you know, and then with the Cedric thing, you got Cedric, uh, Alexander against Apollo. We're pushing Cedric with this new heel. He's a new, mean, intimidating guy. He winds up getting distracted fucking with Ricochet and, uh, he winds up getting rolled up. So. So much for that, that that toughness doesn't help his win-loss record at all. Uh, there was a lot of raw underground shit, which at this point, I don't get it. I don't really, I'm not enjoying this. It does nothing for me. But you had Dolph Ziggler against that other guy, that Arturo Ruiz guy that he was fighting with. Uh, there was a lot of brawling going on there. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't get the structure. I'm not enjoying it. it, it we talked about this on here before. Uh, but as an MMA fan, it's difficult to enjoy something like that. Oh, it's not even difficult. I just don't. <laughs> Yeah. Which, by the way, the one thing that we left out, there's a lot of legal stuff happening in WWE between the two brands because Otis gets served by The Miz. So they're doing legal bullshit on there. And then Rollins comes to the ring with the fucking the, the DNA results, uh, basically fucking with the Mysterio family, saying that uh, he was it was going to be Dominic. who he's like, you are not the father. They even used that line. But he was saying it was to his, his daughter, not to him. You know, it was to what's her name? Aaliyah. Yeah, it was her. And then uh, they're doing this angle where, like, basically, Ray has to defend his daughter and basically say she's only 19. She doesn't know anything about how our world works. And she gives him this look and she walks off angry. So they're doing that angle we talked about last Monday where she has sympathy for Murphy. So, like, she's going to, like, um, she's going to hate fuck Murphy. You know, basically, <laughs> what it seems like going to happen to get back to the show, Dad. <laughs> You know, it's unbelievable that this is the story. Even afterwards, they had Murphy doing the thing where he's like, I'm sorry for anything that you ever did. And they're going to play this one if they do it properly. They're going to do the thing where we don't know for sure. Is Murphy really with her? You know what I mean? Like, is he or is he just doing this because Rollins decided to use the leverage here and he's still in Murphy's ear? Or is it actually that Murphy's with Rollins, but he has sympathy for her? Will it be that she turns heel and becomes part of the Seth cult? 
or will it be that Murphy turns face and joins the Mysterios? There's so many ways this could go. You know what I mean? I think that at the end of this, it would make the most sense for the daughter to turn and join Rollins, you know, in the long term. Don't do four weeks worth of booking tomorrow, WWE. I know them. But it would be interesting to have there be some sort of an interesting heel turn dynamic go on here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll see about that. We'll definitely see. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler have a match against Natalia and Nala. And, and, I'm sorry, Natalia and Lana. And they basically, they basically wipe the floor with them. They, they want you to know yeah. that this, that these guys are not doing anything. She just takes Lana and she basically slams her, kicks her, hits her with the Kirifuda clutch and drops her ass. Yes, yeah, they, they basically want you to know, hey, um, Lana, we're still bad at your husband. Yeah, exactly. Cause notice not only does Lana get choked out, but Lana also gets the moan dropped through the table. Yeah. Mm hmm. You had more Raw on the Ground bullshit with Riddick Moss fighting Eric of the Viking Raiders because Ivar, by the way, guys, that's going to be a year, if not more. So good luck with Eric. Let's see exactly what he's going to be doing by himself for this entire time. There better be a lot of Raw on the Ground. I can't wait to see more Eric versus Riddick Moss in Raw on the Ground. Um, we had, uh, well, I don't know, was there anything else relevant you could think about for this, for this Raw leading us into the thing? The Hurt Business was the main event, right, against Retribution? Yeah, Hurt the end Business the and Retribution, then. You know, which, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna unmask all those other Retribution people who show up and start coming out of the woodwork? I, like I don't think two they need to, because, you know, they just I, I, the I don't think they need to, because it was already underwhelming when you unmasked the first five. Yeah, and storylines entwine here, because all, all hell basically breaks loose. Drew McIntyre comes out there, you know, um, and they wind up going over Retribution, who's cleared from the ring, but then Randy Orton winds up hitting him with an RKO, and everybody else is fighting. And, uh, you know, it just ends in chaos. All the storylines overlapping and entwining. They went off the air hot. That's, that's what you're supposed to do with a go-home show into a pay-per-view, to give them credit. You know, you're supposed to leave everything in turmoil amongst all the angles, and they say, well, what's going to happen Sunday? And, you know, everything's still crazy, which normally they don't do that. Normally it'll end with somebody at the top of the ramp and somebody at the bottom of the ramp crouched down, and they're both staring at each other mean, and then it ends with, like, the logo on the bottom and the final mean face of whoever didn't get fucked up the most. You know, that's the new way of doing things. The old way, it would literally be somebody hits somebody else, somebody else slides into the ring to save them, but then another angle happens where someone else slides in the ring to attack him. You remember the good old days, and then everybody's still beating each other up, and we just go off. That's fucking cool. So yeah. this is a little bit better than the usual stuff. I don't understand this new age wrestling where the final frame of it is a still frame. How do you keep people excited if the last thing's a close-up on somebody's face? You know, I used to, nowadays the casual fan doesn't have the attention span to focus past that. Like, are you kidding me? You know how much I used to love during the Attitude Era when all of a sudden, here comes Stone Cold, here comes The Rock, here's Undertaker and Kane, Kurt Angle, and everybody's filling the ring and they're all beating each other up, and then boom, it just it felt like it wasn't like this is really happening. There wasn't enough time on the television network to continue this story that's going to continue when we're gone. You know, rather than all right, this is the ending, and Michael Cole's going to start talking like this is the end, and the credits are going to roll. And we're going to see a little logo at the bottom. And we're going to cut away. Like, come on, man. Give some fucking realism to this. But I guess I'm asking too much. Yeah. But now they're doing yeah. it, though. Again, I don't want to take away. Now they did that here. This, a few of these things are interesting. Let's see how it's handled in the pay-per-view. We're in an interesting crossroads because the things that we're seeing are more interesting than they usually are. Can we say that much? Yeah, we can at least say that. You know, I'm trying here, man. I'm trying. I'm working on what I got. Either way, next week we'll talk more, more indie shit. But, you know, I'm, I'm fucking trying. <laughs> anyway, Clash of Champions. It's time to take the poll and wrap things up, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to drop the poll here in the chat room for you guys. Also, if you're listening on demand, there's going to be, it's going to be on our 
Talk Brunch at Twitter. I mean, at Talk Brunch Twitter. It's up there right now. Just scroll through. It'll be one of the most recent ones. Also, it's available at the top of TalkBrunch.com already. So I'm going to bring it up on the screen for you live people in the chat room, just so you could take a look at mine. But I do implore you, always vote, please. It definitely helps us get an idea of what you guys think is going to happen. It helps us put these shows together. Your vote, believe it or not, on who you think is going to win and all of that, it's, it says a lot for our community, and it's telling of where your heads are. So yeah, don't like, uh, for sure. Yeah, you know, so don't just leave it up to uh, up to chance here. You know, just jump in there, do the vote. So here we go. We got Clash of Champions Gold Rush, as they affectionately branded it. The first match was determined tonight when Zelina Vega won. This was the Raw Women's Championship. She's going to be in the kickoff match against Asuka. So because it's a kickoff match, I don't know if they would have Asuka drop the title. I don't know what your opinion is here. Yeah. So it's a combination of, yes, it's the kickoff match, but also this is literally just the start of their feud. Like, do we really just go in straight up like, fuck it, title change right away? I think what's going to happen is, uh, didn't she uh, wind up interfering in someone's match tonight? Yeah, she she actually, when in Oscar and Peyton Royce's match, she wound up interfering. Right, and Peyton Royce is the one that they have coined for a big push, right? So now Peyton Royce is going to come and interfere in Oscar's match, and then we're going to get a triple threat? I mean, if they actually have any plans for Peyton Royce, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go with. I think that uh, this is going to be a DQ, no contest situation. You don't have to go by me, but I think that Peyton Royce, since she's in line for a push, she's going to be inserted into this feud. And the way she's going to get there, she's going to come and fuck up this match. So you get your triple threat going down the road. Yeah, it's possible. You know what's weird? Clash of Champions was always about the champion of one brand versus the champion of the other brand. That's why the name was Clash of Champions. You got your Raw Tag Team Champions against your SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You got your Intercontinental Tag Champion against your U.S. Champion. You got your SmackDown World Champion against your Raw World Champion, your Women's World Champion, and so on. And now, they're not even doing that. It's just all the champions defend. They abandoned that idea early. And that's and the reason why it's called. It just, it just became all the champions defending their titles. That's probably why they recoined the gold rush. Because the whole point of this is to have champions facing champions. That's always been just, the point of the The bad part about it is they haven't been doing that for, for class champions for years. They did like the first couple of years they brought that pay-per-view back. And then it just became everybody defending their titles. I can't even give them that much credit. It's just a thing they've been doing this year. Where it's like, hey, we're going to put a fancy caveat on this, on this, uh, this pay-per-view's name. Yeah. By the way, for people that are on the website, I know that I have the poll embedded there where you can do it right on the site. But also, if you click the logo above it, that'll take you straight to the page where you have the poll full screen like I do. Okay, so don't forget. So anyway, DQ, no contest, in my opinion here, because they're going for that. I think the triple threat. Yeah, Uh, we got the Raw Tag Team Champion also determined tonight, as we spoke about during the Raw review, where now Angel Garza and Andrade are going to be going up against the Street Profits having won. I think that the Street Profits will go over here, to be honest, yeah. because they're breaking this they're, team. They're, they're, they're breaking up this team. They just need to start dragging it out and just do it. Of all the things to drag out, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, next, we got the Intercontinental Championship Triple Threat Ladder Match, which I think is going to be crazy as hell. Didn't you oh, call God, this? Gonna... Didn't you call this? Somebody, somebody's called yeah, this. I literally called this in the air. I was like, this is the route they need to go. Yeah, you said that these three guys, you have them here. Now you have a ladder match with them. This, you know? is, this is probably going to be the show's dealer. This is going to be absolutely insane. Who do you see walking away with this? Oh, it's going to sound like the easy route, but I feel like out of everybody in this match, it's hard to bet against Jeff Hardy in a ladder match, even in this day and age now. I'd like to it's, see a, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll say it's tough because 
you have three. See, the one person I can't see winning this match, believe it or not, is really AJ. Because I've never seen AJ known for ladder matches very much. I mean, my first exposure to Sami Zayn was ladder war. And I've seen him in multiple ladder matches. Of course, Jeff Hardy, that's his wheelhouse. But usually I've seen AJ with Ultimate X. I haven't seen them do too much when it comes to ladders. Hmm. I'd like to see a longer title run from eight from Jeff Jeff Hardy. So that's why I'm going to pick him just because yeah. of what I'd like here. Yeah, it's still early in Jeff's run. Jeff, here's my Jeff question. resigned recently. Are they going to hang both belts? Jeff resigned recently, George. He just resigned. And as a matter of fact, he said when the crowds come back, he's going back to using his main event music. We talked about that last yeah. week. So yeah. he's not going anywhere. Uh, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on that one. So next we got the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, which is uh, the Lucha House Party. Going up against uh, Nakamura and Cesaro, which it also looks like the Lucha House Party's breaking up. Yeah, yeah, I'm going for the team that I actually take seriously and fucking Nakamura and Cesaro. Yeah, not this team where now fucking Kalisto's coming out in like khakis and a dress shirt and nothing. No. <sighs> I don't know what they're doing anymore, man. I'm not too concerned. They, they don't I don't know. feel like any of that's worked too good. One interesting thing I find about Cesaro is that he says that depending on what tag team he partner he has. He kind of goes back and forth from being Scott Steiner to Rick Steiner. Like he sort of takes on the role of either one of the Scott Steiner brothers. I forget which one he said he was when he was Seamus, but with one he was Scott and with the other one he was Rick Steiner as far as style, I yeah. guess, and presentation. So that's sort of how he goes back and forth depending on who his tag team partner is. That's an interesting little comparison right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. going to make me that. I'm going to start looking back through his tag team to see which one's which. Yeah, right. Women's Tag Team Championship match. You got Nia, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending against the Riot Squad. I mean, they can keep this Nia and Shayna thing going for a little bit. It's only what, like their first defense of the titles. And we, we, we've said it before. This is not the Riot Squad. We know there's no chaos and mayhem in this. It's just everybody. I love you guys. Nah, we're... They suck as baby faces. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That team is not built to be a fucking baby face. And they needed more members than that. It's not a squad. It's a duo. It's the, it's the Riot. Um, it's Team Riot. It's the Riot, it's the Riot pair. Yeah. The Riot sisters, whatever. They ain't close enough. I don't, know, I don't know where this one's going. What do you guys think, Chabram? I have no idea here. I mean, it doesn't matter. To me, honestly, I'm desensitized to the whole thing because the tag titles just kind of feel like they're flippity-flopping. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I just, when I look at this, I'm like, okay, let's see, which team do I actually take seriously? Okay, Nia and Shayna. <laughs> I guess, I guess. In kayfabe, they don't get along, but stylistically, they match up quite well. The wild card with a team like this is all it takes is for one of them to get pissed off at the other in the middle of the match, and any jobbers could go over and leave with the titles. It's just the right timing of them not liking each other. Yeah. But I think if they st- if they did this, they should commit to it for a little bit longer, you know? So yeah, it seems like a thing where it's like they hate to lose more than they hate each other. Because even when they do get distracted, it's never for very long. So who do you see? What do you see happening afterwards? Like, what's the next team for them? If that's the case, like, let's just say we're right and it's the... It's the... God, what teams are even left? <laughs> they would have to start going over to other brands at that point. Yeah. Like, like I mean? that, that, that rule, that rule with those women's tag titles would have to kick in where they can go to any brand. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't know. But then the right squad, who are they? Do you know what? They broke up too many tag teams at this point. They broke yeah. up a lot of tag teams. It's going to be hard there's, to do. There's hardly anywhere to go. We always go through this with WWE where they break up so many tag teams that for a while, the tag titles on, on both women and men, they just don't mean anything. We have to rebuild the tag division a thousand times, you know? Like, there's only like a hand, there's 
barely a it seems like nxt has the most women's tag tag teams right now yeah man i'm just gonna go nine shane you're probably right yeah they only put the right squad back together because they didn't know what to do with them anyway They, they don't know what to do with anyone it sucks there's no logical reason for Nia and Shane to be losing this match. SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey against Nikki Cross. Oh, this one's tough. Hey, what's up, Pre? Pree! Yeah, we got on a little bit late. I had to make sure I had the full program. I wanted certain things for these guys um, to be on the show. A few yeah. clips and the poll, and I wanted the poll right, so I got on a little bit late. That's the only reason we're on this late. Trust me, I ain't happy about it, but... It's more important to have all the content I want and be on a little bit late than to be missing some, you know. The chat room gets it because we're like chronically late most of the time. But it's literally they, always they because we're always doing the finishing touches on the stuff that we were presenting, you know, because it all has to be sort of organized. But uh, yeah, we're here. We're doing good, Ashley. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah, we are doing fantastic. Good yeah, to yeah. see we're you. We're doing really, really good. We're on overtime here, but I'm having a good time. Like, this is one of the fun nights for me. Yeah, this is a fun. It's been a fun one tonight. It's yeah, so you know, everything. You know, I'm thinking about it more and more, and I think with everything that's gone down between Bailey and Sasha, I think Sasha cost her, not necessarily by getting physical, but just by showing up. Because we've clearly seen from SmackDown, she's on her feet. So it's not like she has to go in just swinging. She could literally just trigger her music and that give Nikki enough of of an opening to roll her up and catch that title. So here's my thinking. The Bailey-Sasha thing, just going by old school booking, the Bailey-Sasha thing at this point is already a blood feud. It's not even about the title anymore. She hasn't even brought up the title. Like That's how much it's not about the title, that neither one of them has brought up the world title that's on her shoulders, which means that that feud can go on its own merit without even needing the title to be on the line. I would have Sasha cost Bailey the title because then then uh, you can have Nikki Nikki Cross versus uh, freaking Alexa Alexa Bliss, Bliss. Alexa Wyatt Bliss in her new weird form that will be interesting for the title and then bailey versus sasha is a blood feud one wants to kill the other yeah. because she fucked her up in the ring and the other one uh it, wants it because you cost her the title and makes it it makes it, them both have animosity it, it was similar to um back in the early 2000s when triple h and sean feuded there were moments where triple h was champion and sean was champion but then there was also a moment when benoit was champion but they were still tearing each other apart no, George, you don't want to make this about the you don't want to make this about the title for them is what I'm saying. Since one tried to fucking kill the other already, you cost her the title. It'll be about the title loss it, for Bailey, but it'll be about revenge for Sasha, and you don't need the title in the picture anymore. That's what it, I'm it saying. Goes, in a, in a company like this, you have to know when you don't need the title to get heat on a feud. You know, like and especially when the title's not even brought up. The chair around her neck was brought up. The beating was brought up, the betrayal, but not the title. She could lose the it, title, it, which adds fuel to the fire, and it gives Nikki Cross what she needs, which is the title, because the Nikki Cross weird Wyatt feud needs something, and that title is it. Yeah. If, if you have Sasha and Bailey going out for the title, the title is nothing more than that prop. It's not going to matter. And then the important nobody's thing is... Gonna be, nobody's going to care that the SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line. And the important thing is, since you're going to have two different feuds at the same time, assuming they go this way, two sets of ex-best friends feuding, you got to keep them as different as possible. Yeah. You know, since they're going to be running parallel. But that's what I would like to see. So let's just go with the the wild card. This is probably not going to, but Nikki Cross having the title as the upset, Bailey feuding with Sasha, Cross going on for Bliss. Maybe she gets Sister Abigail after what's her, her celebration gets yeah. ruined. They're, they're, they're inching slowly towards that being the end result for these two. Alexa Bliss isn't even on the card, right? 
No, oh, she's not even wrestling. She's absolutely going to have something to do with this. They didn't put all that effort into the Alexa Bliss thing and then not have this end with her being involved in that somehow. So I got to go with my instincts with this one. You know? All right. Then we get the WWE Championship Ambulance Match. I love ambulance matches. I've always told you guys. Those matches are always fun. The kid in me still pops when uh, the door closes and immediately the sirens go. And they just drive away with the guy and he's gone. It's just so funny. Still, how I think works. my favorite one is Shane and Kane. Well, was that the one he gets his balls electrocuted to? That that was the one with a few that led up to that. He wanted to get tombstone on the concrete and something. Yeah, Shane and Kane was cool, man. As much as people do, I know you got some heat for nuts. being there, but it was a convincing fight, man. The way that they go back and watch the Shane and Kane feud and the things these guys did to each other it was nuts. The fucking the fucking limo into the into the tractor trailer, jumping him in the hospital. That feud was that was a blood feud. Yeah. So now here we have McIntyre, Randy Orton. Is this going to be one of those pre-taped things where we're going to watch them all over the building, all over some sort of a facility Sorry, or a factory, no umbrella headquarters, Shinra, or some shit? You know, like are, are we just going to get? Are we just going to get like just a match? Like, give, give me just a match. I want just a Amulous, match. Too. Amulous matches don't need the cinematic. Don't need the cinematic. The fact that uh, apparently recently Drew McIntyre has lost a match clean, I don't remember what match, but that has been a hint to a lot of people that they're leading to the fact that Drew McIntyre's run might be over and that Randy Orton will win. And uh, it'll be once again going into a WrestleMania season or Royal Rumble season, Edge versus Randy Orton. Yeah, Uh, because Edge will be ready to go probably by around the Rumble, I believe, right? So it would be weird, though, to see McIntyre leaving an ambulance unless they were legitimately going to write him off for a while. Are they going to do some sort of a swerve? I don't know. But uh, so far, we keep thinking Orton's going to take that title and face Edge, which was the is the best case scenario. I mean, the McIntyre stuff, cool, but, I, you know, I don't really care that much. But the thing is, they haven't made us care. I don't think so. I think they've gone out of their way to make us care. They have the guy give these big emotional speeches. You know what I mean? They do little documentaries on the network about how much this is important to him. You know, it's like they build him as the top guy. They had him kick Brock Lesnar all over the top of the ramp. When he fought Brock Lesnar, he beat his ass, which makes him technically Brock Lesnar tier. They've done their best. It just, it, it, it's just like not as good of an idea as Randy Orton versus Edge. Unfortunately for him, you're asking me if I would rather see Drew McIntyre WrestleMania versus I don't know who, but we can have Randy Orton versus Edge. And that's all I know. You know what I mean? If we can get there somehow, I'm fine with that. Edge is a great champion. Edge was SmackDown in 2011. If you go back and yeah. watch up until the point where he left, he was that company. He carried that whole SmackDown brand. He was the face of SmackDown. If you go back to 2011 when he had to retire, he wasn't just SmackDown, like a part of SmackDown. He was, oh, the he, face he was that, of brand. that brand at that point. You know what I mean? So for him to become that, it, the, the storylines revolved around him. If you go back and watch SmackDown and he was a great champion. So I would love to see that again. I hope he doesn't become an intermittent champion. I know he kind of might. I don't want to see him have matches all the time. I just need to see him be around. You know, I don't want it to be where belt. We have disappearing belts. That's the only thing I ask. Yeah. See, and that's where I have a hard time wanting to see Randy as champion. Because the last couple of times I see Randy won with a championship. It's been okay. One title. All right. Who's supposed to get it? All right. Cool. Pass it. Like. This company pulls shit like that on a regular basis. So I'm like, do I really end Drew's championship for pass it? Yeah. Because it's like, do we really trust them to carry this all the way to Mania? Because sadly, I don't. And they would have to pull a rabbit out of their hat for them to make me give a shit about Randy Orton's champion in 2020. Yeah. 
All right. Well, for the time being, you're going to have to tolerate him until Ed gets back for this to work. So I'm going to go yeah. with Randy Orton, even though I think it'd be oh. weird to lose that title in an ambulance match. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for it, man. Yeah. It better not fuck it up. <laughs> All right. We'll see. And then finally, we get the Universal Championship. You get Roman Reigns defending his title against Jay Uso. Jay Uso, man. We got to get that Jay and Jimmy feud, man. Jay and Jimmy I mean, and Rainier, brother versus brother. Let's go. No. It's unfortunate that so obviously Jay Uso is not going to win the championship. Whether or not Roman Reigns wins or there's a DQ no contest because he just beats him until the ref calls the bell and then keeps beating him, I don't know. I don't know exactly how much they're going to put heat between these two. But what are your thoughts on this match? Does anybody have any thoughts on this aside from the obvious? Yeah, it's, just, it's just a matter at this point of like how much, how bad of an ass weapon this is going to be. George says Roman hopefully his brother interferes. Can you imagine if Jimmy interferes on behalf of Roman? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. R- Roman ain't jumping out the fucking Jay Uso under any circumstances. No. No, no he's, he's, been, he's been gone for, what, back. six months? They wouldn't put Roman with Paul Heyman and do all of this if, if, if he was about to job out. You know, there's a lot of effort that's gone into this. Um, And Jay is just a giggling, happy cousin or whatever, so it's a matter of what they're going to do. So is Roman, for me, it's not even if Jay's going to win. Is is Roman going to win clean or is this just going to be Roman kicks his ass at the end? The, the match gets thrown out and there's a run in. You know, he doesn't even defend. He kicks him in the ball. I think I, I kind of feel like uh, it might be something like that. Maybe there's too much Vince Russoing in this thing where we have too many DQs and matches getting thrown out and run-ins, but I kind of feel like that's the direction that they're going in, you know? Yeah. Doesn't have to be. Could also just be that Roman wins clean. That's the beauty of this. No matter which way they go, Jay's not leaving with the title. Jay might not leave. Yeah, right. This might be his doom. But uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I think I'm just gonna go with Reigns going over here for the time being. Yeah. Slow burn. First championship defense. You can't really just have him like getting throwing DQs and stuff out there already. Slow burn, folks. And that is that. When you are finished at the bottom, as you can see here, you hit that finish button on the survey. And uh, that wraps things up for you. So That's it. I submitted mine. Submit yours. If you're listening on demand on yeah. iTunes or any of the other places, please submit. Uh, just like I said, really important that you guys vote. Even if you're not going to watch the pay-per-view, even if you're not sure about the matches, uh, you know, use your best judgment. Give us some results in here because the results are always fun. And as you guys know, Sunday night during the pay-per-view, starting at the kickoff, we will be in the chat room. We'll be running an encore of this episode while we uh we stay in there and interact with whoever decides to pop in. And then following that, there will be a post show uh, where we'll go on the air and we'll discuss the results. and We'll discuss everything that happened on the pay-per-view. So you got that to look forward to. Going to be fun. Fantastic. Is there a, I don't know, is there anything else? Yeah, don't forget uh, also the, uh, what was it? The other stuff that we're going to be doing after this, you know, we're going to have on Wednesday, we are. What are we doing on Wednesday? We finished, uh, we finished Tell Me we Why. Finished, yeah, we finished Tell Me Why. Whew. Shit. Yeah, it's going to be have to figure that part out, what we can throw into that slot. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I've been having fun with all of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it seems like we finished the game that we had in the, uh, in the Sunday slot. So we're going to have to go back and figure out exactly what else we're going to do. And this Sunday, unfortunately, the, uh, the Hellblade and the, uh, the blood stained, those are going to be postponed for a week because, uh, you know, we can't do anything about that right now. Yeah. We got the pay-per-view and you know how it is. We're pay-per-view first. So that's going to be coming back the following week. Um, 
and we do some Saturday stuff now too. If you guys want to tune in on Saturday, uh, we have like random co-op Saturday streams. I believe we're going to be doing another one of those. Uh, the hell was the name of that gameplay? Overcooked too, which was actually really fun. So if you guys want to just hang out and chill with us in the chat room for laughs and stuff like that, don't forget about that. Yeah, you get to see Seb and Willie on that one. Those guys are fun. Yeah, Willie does a is is really fun to stream with. You know? Yeah, you know. Willie's awesome. Dude, that fucker back when he was still the hand. Oh, you remember those days, right? Yeah, <laughs> I dude. remember the hand. Yeah, I forgot all about that. That was years ago, man. I just remember because when we first came over to the MixLR chat, it was always Willie V2, formerly known as the hand, for like six months. Oh, yeah, I did that for a while because a lot of you guys changed your name coming over. And I wanted to make sure that everybody knew each other, like in the different chat rooms. You know. Oh, yeah. So we did a good job of keeping everything together in the community. Oh, yeah, great job. You know. And again, uh, next week we'll be talking more about the New Japan Ring of Honor and stuff like that. All right, guys, it is time to wrap up here. You have all been wonderful. And that being said, thank you for everybody who has hung out and has decided to be part of this wonderful journey. Willie V2 and EB Gamer, Cooler Ice, Six Slayer, Stasis Dreams, Relic, Good Old Sugar Shane, King Quest 770, George with a Z, Ball 857. Saku Hasu, a.k.a. Marceline the Vampire Queen. Pre is here. Princess League. Saddest Kitty. The Writing, the Writinger. Uh, First Killer. Sayman Senpai. Also, thank you for the host. As well as Pixie Starlet. Thank you also for the host. Haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing good, girl. Ladies and gentlemen, also listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and all of the other above platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live. Episode 409, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. I'm going to see you Sunday, Larry. Shut it down.